0: Hey everyone, it's Ramon and I'm recording this as I finish editing this episode. It's New Year's Eve and I wanted to get out an episode before the end of the year uh, just to start off the new year on a good, you know, positive, new, fresh step. Uh, This episode was recorded a while back with a great guest, Joshua Rivera, um, and we get into some really good stuff, so I didn't want to just scrap the episodes that we didn't have edited and everything. So, there's going to be another episode coming up. That's our Suicide Squad review with Dan McDade. And we just want to say thanks. And we wanted to say we appreciate the support. And we're going to really make next year the year of Mex Flint So, thank you again very much. Uh, enjoy. I don't want to talk too long because this episode's fucking three and a half hours. But here it is. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Mex Flintayo. It's me, the true outlaw of comics, uh, standard bearer for future generations. Uh, people are saying, "Take him or leave him," <laughs> Ramon Villalobos. And people are also people are saying, saying, "Take, take or or leave leave
1: him or leave him." About Ramon?
0: No, no. I would just, I was just, I, would just step in your I was just stepping on your territory. I was even trying. taking my tagline, my, <laughs> I was my just horrible trying it out.
1: generic. <laughs> Bilt do you toast. feel like
0: it's not a it's not a compliment but do you feel like when i said that about myself you're like wait a minute that's me no
1: i yeah i got offended I, i've become attached <laughs> i become attached to things very easily i uh, know like
0: it's like that's not a compliment it's kind of like a negative thing and you're like wait a minute that's my negative no thing. that's my
1: yeah exactly it's i guess it's part of my ego driven ego driven life yeah you are ego driven
0: that's not me that's not what i do mm-hmm. so I, I can't really relate to it but anyways i'm here with take them or leave them daniel Irizarry. what's up daniel but,
1: the one and only. What's up? Uh everything's good. Uh surviving. Uh trying we're to We're both prop, uh, but not really.
0: We're both trying to catch up from debilitating injuries, health problems. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, let's
1: let's put it that way.
0: Oh, I had a I, I'll just say it cuz my problem is like not embarrassing in any way. <laughs> <laughs> I just I fucked uh-huh. up my shoulder somehow. I don't really know how. I think this is getting old. So mm-hmm. like my shoulder and my arm was all fucked up. And it was hard to draw with it. You're right. Which uh,
1: shoulders is like, sorry, sorry.
0: No, it's just frustrating because like you have to draw with your whole arm, and if your shoulder hurts, it's like, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. so my my shoulders a little fucked up, so I fall behind on work, and then you get anxious about trying to catch up with what you're supposed to be doing, and you just don't have time to do anything. Anyways, that's my thing. I don't yeah, think you want to talk about your thing.
1: Having having a, <laughs> a messed up shoulder is an incredibly manly and cool thing to have. Like whenever somebody like, "Are you okay?" It's like, "Oh yeah, God, my just shoulder." shoulder. God, that's uh, it's rough.
0: Like, wow, well, were you were you lifting anything around? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just don't get into it. It's like, oh, I it blew my shoulder well, out. Did,
0: my shoulders fucked. Um, I did I did it laying down, probably doing nothing. I was taking yeah. a it was a nap related injury.
1: <laughs> no, um, my situation is under control. Let's just <laughs> just put it that <laughs> way. Don't need to get into that. Uh, yeah, but I, we're okay. I would bring up. We're it up, running. but you'd
0: probably get pissed off about
1: it, right? <laughs> I got so pissed off multiple <laughs> times. One time, I was like, one day, I was basically pissed off all day. That's, <laughs> that's how bad the the situation got. Um. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. that sounds like a horrible injury. But we're we're back to work. Uh, the right Michelle the Michelle FIFA episode came out. People are liking it.
0: Let's not get into what episodes did or did
1: not come out. Let's just get into this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not date this episode at all.
0: Let's not dwell on anything. Let's just make this episode the best we can. Uh, so, this week, we have with us a friend of the show, a listener of the show, and a staff writer for Polygon. Blog boy, you know. <laughs> I asked him, what do you want us to introduce you as? He said, I don't know. I'm like a blogger. I write for Polygon. A writer uh, of
1: the internet.
0: He writes for whoever will let him write for them. We have with us Joshua Rivera.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> hey, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm I'm all right. I'm also I also have uh, an embarrassing injury. I uh, my hands hurt uh, <laughs> 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 just, just all the time now, and I'm um, it's probably old age. It's probably like it's probably you know being at a the computer all the time it's probably fucking video games um like,
1: hands are hands are definitely uh sort of like a weaker injury than shoulder
2: yeah no for sure i'm i'm, I'm lower on the the tier list <laughs> um a little embarrassed by it tbh but like is it like you feel like carpal tunnel
0: is like the least manly injury you can have cuz like oh do your fingers hurt
2: yeah yeah it's like you know like if i talk to my dad he'd be like why you know (laughs) but yeah Yeah, i I guess
1: having having uh hurt having hurt hands or something sort of like invokes this imagery of sort of like limp wrists it's (laughs) it's not good energy but i hope i hope you feel better i hope you can uh give those give those hands a break thank you thank you
2: uh you know but the internet never sleeps so like (laughs) Uh, that's true where, where are you where are you located at uh i live in brooklyn you know? Oh, like, for real?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with, a, with a polygon, so, like you must do a lot of writing. <laughs> I feel like I've never been to Brooklyn. I just feel like it sounds expensive.
2: Uh, it's funny. I I live uh, in a, a neighborhood that's sort of like in between uh, uh, Park Slope, which is like yuppie and rich, okay. um, and has been for a long time, and uh, Sunset Park, which is where literally like you know uh, it's it's super like ecuadorian a lot of immigrants uh so it's literally like the seamless corridor right like all the Mm -hmm. the the, everyone up north of me uh you know depending on the labor of everyone south of me and it's it's actually very uncomfortably representative of my experience as like you know
1: you're living in a metaphor
2: yeah i'm living in a fucking (laughs) metaphor (laughs)
0: Uh, all i know about that area is like it's where they live on girls right
2: uh no, no. <laughs> but uh, where do they live on girls? <laughs> that's 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 north of me. Like Brooklyn's pretty large. Uh, I mean, well, it feels that well, way. How
0: big can it be? Yeah, it's it, to be honest,
2: it's it feels it feels large because like wait, you, but you the walk girls everywhere. do
0: live in Brooklyn though. Yes, so it's the same thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're wait, north... wait. So wait, but what part of Brooklyn do they live in? The yuppie part? Yeah, they're in, they're in North Brooklyn. They're up in the like Williamsburg. They're also like. Not real. <laughs> <visual>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which part of
1: which part of Brooklyn is the part that Jay Z yells? Brooklyn, like. <laughs> what part of Brooklyn was Crooklyn from the Spike Lee movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that
2: was that's how he's out. He's out in a uh, shit. Is it? That's, nah, I don't. He still lives out in. I don't know. He set his stuff all over Brooklyn, like Red Hook. He's over, and I think he's still in. Actually, I don't know where he is, so I'm going to shut my mouth and not embarrass myself. (laughs) Because I think he still lives out here, and he has for a very long time. It's been it's been crazy out in Brooklyn, right? Like with protests and everything. Like, yeah, over over the last like uh, what do you call it? Most of the last year. So, like, one of the frustrating things about like this moment um, is that like uh, outside of like the 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 points of conflict, which you know the cops like generate by. Uh, like, fucking, uh, just you know, using aggressive tactics and 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 breaking their own rules. Um, like there are loads of protests happening that have happened in the past year every day, um, yeah. and they just don't get attention because they're they're you know they're nonviolent. Uh, you know they're they're smaller, but uh, they're persistent. You know they're they're everywhere. There's like I live uh, I live close to uh, a detention center where I think actually. Uh, just Lane Maxwell is, is being out. Oh, big <laughs> shout out. End of the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure, uh, uh, but like, you know. She
0: actually is a big investor in one of our NFTs that we put out. She's mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> seems like her,
0: her
1: style. We're dropping um, it in collaboration with the Epstein Foundation. She's <laughs>
0: right. They, like, it's one of those NFTs where there's like a real life thing attached to it, but we legally can't get into what the real life object mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Just know that they're very safe and they're very comfortable right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you live by Gislein? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, so they're there every now and then for, you know, uh, just lane. I mean, not necessarily <laughs> for her, but, like, you know. <laughs> just, yeah, I uh, mean,
1: really, you could tell us a- any fact about Brooklyn and we'd believe you.
2: <laughs> Which is so funny because uh you know just the attitude around here is a bunch of like white folks dominating the conversation, and uh it's 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 hard to you know, especially in this last uh year where I haven't been able to go anywhere to just sort of like get back in touch with other people and and experiences that aren't just like loud people on the internet, you know it's been a we were just literally just talking about
0: like. So even before COVID, I was like never leaving my house for fucking anything. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like really savoring the idea of like, or I mean, anxiously awaiting the day where I can go work at a coffee shop to like read the fucking book that we're talking about today. Mm. (laughs) I was like, I was like dreaming like, man, it would be so fun to just go to Starbucks, talk to nobody. But, like, look at people in real life while I
1: was working on yeah. on the show. Mm-hmm. Whereas, this ideal, like, it's ideal coffee shop work. You're just reading something. You're taking notes. You're looking yeah. kind of, like, pensive. You're looking <laughs> smart. Yeah, man. That's what I
0: used to do. <laughs> it's what I used to do all the time. It's like, go there, read comics, and then, like, work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I haven't been able to do it. And, like, in the middle of the COVID, you know, sort of lock-in kind of thing, I was just like, fuck me. Like, I just want to go somewhere where there's people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I never thought I would say that because I just like in general, I'm kind of hermited. Yeah. Like, you know, I think a lot of people are. And then their boundaries of how much they can not go anywhere have been really tested.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, It's 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 really hurt me, especially now in this last couple. uh, I got my my second vaccination. Oh, oh shout congrats. out which
0: one, oh which one did you get Moderna?
2: Nah, Pfizer. Oh, okay. Pfizer gang. Yeah, I don't I don't know what I don't know what the the we don't have a, a cool uh club I guess the the Pfizer Pfizer gang I guess, Pfizer family. I
0: got I got the Johnson and Johnson personally. You um, got
2: the the Acme people are just, Acme
1: novelty don't, <laughs> don't <laughs> do that. No, no no. This is
0: the one of one we did it like this is the most efficient like best one. Because, and I know people are saying, oh, but there have been six women that have died from blood clots. Okay. Look at the keyword there. Women. Okay. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> this is...
2: <laughs> you owned.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to rebrand Johnson & Johnson. I'm saying, like, let's make it DP10, Dr. Pepper 10, just for men. <laughs> <laughs> and when, when 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 chicks go up to get it, say, I'm sorry, little lady, you can't have this vaccine.
1: <laughs> it's a boys club, really.
0: Yeah. The johnson and johnson for johnson's <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then the the astrazeneca is the one that you have to microwave yourself Uh-oh. that's that was so
0: fun like you see that the u.s was like you know oh everyone's shitting on us because we are not giving other countries vaccines fine we'll give them like six million AstraZeneca doses. <laughs> like, what the They're fuck? giving them the the great values. Yeah, <laughs> we we found a truck full of AstraZeneca. You could have that.
1: Incredibly American oh. energy there. <laughs> Super. Like,
0: what about the Johnson and Johnson? No. What's crazy too is like there are people like everywhere in the states now that are just like like the anti-vaxxer the, when. You never know how many anti-vaxxers are around you until you suggest to people to get a vaccine. And then suddenly, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean you don't know?
2: Yeah, dude, dude. All right. So, <laughs> we're, uh, uh, like, my fiance and I, well, we're, we're, we're getting married later this year.
1: Muzzle tough.
0: I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to both of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean because, like, the idea of another wife guy rolling around is, like, it's a lot. <laughs> a-
1: anytime Ramon finds out that uh, one of his friends uh, has a girlfriend and it's going steady, it's like, He's it, like oh, boy,
2: he is there any way I can, can sort of toxify that? <laughs> uh you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do it right though i'm gonna no no shout out in in all
0: seriousness congratulations (laughs) i'm a
2: romantic i want y'all to be happy
1: i want people to have that thing that i can't i want you
0: to be happy (laughs) i just don't want you to rub it in
2: everyone else's face that's all okay Okay. all right cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) you were saying sorry we interrupted you a little
2: no no it's fine it's it's just that you know that's a thing now uh what do you call it like we're uh we had a friend who requested didn't even require that everyone get vaccinated and people are getting mad about that.
3: Um,
1: oh
2: wow. And like what the what the fuck
0: man? Like... Holy oh, fuck. You hear what Steve said? He said like he wants to not get a
2: disease. That's so fucked up. <laughs> I, I I can't. Po- it's, it's it's stupid. It's stupid. That's why I just it is. don't want to be
1: political. That's all.
2: <laughs> so, you don't want medicine politicized.
1: Jesus Christ. Um, I mean,
0: listen. If you want to get the vaccine, that's your business. But I just feel like I don't want this to be a political thing. <laughs> just like <laughs> it's funny, like hearing people talk about it too. Where like yeah, I t- I was talking to someone about it. they didn't want to get it, and they said because like they've never had a vaccine before. See, yes you have. Yeah. <laughs> like literally every everybody gets them when they're born. Mm-hmm. But like just cuz you can't remember it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. Oh, it's Maybe so you crazy. To jog their
1: memory. Tell them that they're, they were called shots before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and like yeah, that's a thing. Just say you're getting shots. That's it. Say <laughs> we're getting the good shot. We're no much no more no more vaccine uh, no more coronavirus. We're good.
2: Yeah. And and like you know, everyone who joins the fucking army has to get a million shots, so, like, do you hate the troops? Or, or uh, Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy, but... No, no, no. I mean, but that's my argument to the Republicans. <laughs> oh, sure, 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 sure. I practice those, because there, there are a few in the family.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, like, the gotchas, they're kind of, like, invulnerable to a bit of the gotchas, though. They're like, yeah. it's different. Yeah. It's... it's that's
0: yeah. what I've
2: learned, for sure.
0: Josh, you said you had some, you know, Republicans in the family. I was curious, you're... So jo- Joshua, you know, I- ambiguous name, but Rivera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, where, where, where is your family from?
2: Uh, so uh, my dad's side of the family is from from Puerto Rico. Hey. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, I did not know <laughs> I invited another Puerto Rican on the <laughs> show.
0: Sorry,
1: the another body here.
0: <laughs> I should have known when you said that you're living in Brooklyn. And you
1: said... I mean, yeah, I was, I was. I had bets. I had money, uh, like just in my mind. I'm like Brooklyn Rivera. It's... I should have
0: known the second you came in here rapping
2: about your spirit that this was going to be a problem. <laughs> Look, you're in trouble, Sorry, man. Hamilton lines. The the pop. The second half of this year is just going to be Boric was on on in movies, and we're going to be insufferable. Um, yes, <laughs> yeah. going to be. <laughs> I'm I'm
1: permanently insufferable. Yeah. I mean, same. It's something so about from... our outgoing and likable personalities. Yeah, man.
0: Something about something about your bug eyes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just any any physical trait that I have, Ramon just uh, (laughs) transposes it to all Puerto Ricans. I've
0: told you this before. I said, you can put them in a lineup, and I'll pick the Puerto Rican out 10 out of 10 times every (laughs) single time. I got keen awareness for the faith, for the head shapes of a Puerto Rican. A
1: master's you, in
0: race. You could show me a skull, and I could get out the calipers
2: and figure it out. i was gonna say you have like a cookie themed caliper. Like, is that is that? Kind of <laughs> yeah,
0: I have a caliper with the Puerto Rican flag in the center.
1: Jesus, <laughs> I mean, so many things uh, are just branded with the Puerto Rican flag. They probably yeah. exist.
0: No. I saw some I actually really saw I saw some good Air Max 97s with the Puerto Rican flag on oh, that's kind of fire. <laughs> you know, reluctantly I said, it's kind of nice. <laughs>
2: um yeah. And then my mom's side is is from Guatemala, so like that's the mellow. Let's half. go. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Um but like what do you call it? Um I I am not uh it's it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I I didn't grow up around that side of the family. Most of because most of it is in uh you know most of them are still in guatemala um mm-hmm. and uh you know we had a big new yorican diaspora and that's where uh my dad's side of the family mostly is uh was from they're all in like florida now right um and yeah, uh, going to Florida. yeah yeah that's that's sort of like the pipeline it's, it's
1: interesting. I hope I hope we haven't sounded too uh like judgmental of the diaspora. Like I, I my perspective is like very much oh, in the island. Yeah, oh, on the show.
2: yeah, that episode was one of my favorites, dude. Uh it was just it's it was really cool. Uh just thinking about it uh, a whole lot because it's sort of like uh, you know, um especially for, for where I work in the industry I work in, you know, as a journalist, right? Where you have you know, most of the, the, the struggle when it comes to, to diversity is, is regarding diaspora, right? Um, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, Puerto Rico exists in this very um, unique space that's shared with, like, a few other territories. Um, where it's just sort of like, no, there, there, there are different concerns there. That's, that's that, that means a different thing. Yeah, um,
1: uh, specifically in terms of numbers, like, recently it came out that uh, Puerto Rico lost... I believe it was something around ten or eleven percent of its population in ten years, like mm-hmm. in terms of U.S. territories or or, or 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 states. Like the it was number one in terms of lost population, and mm-hmm. then second to it was something like four percent. Like the 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 amount of people, like the percentages of people, were astronomical in terms of like the exodus from yeah. the island it's, mm. a, it's a it's a very sort of like fascinating situation i don't like i, I don't want to like compare it to other other peoples but it definitely sort of feels like puerto ricans across the world are sort of like this people in exile yeah yeah, yeah guam
0: guam ain't putting up numbers like that let's be real they almost <laughs> got they almost got hit by a nuke that one time and they were still chilling yeah they're <laughs> fine. going nowhere Nobody, nobody's
1: really like talking about them so weird yeah <laughs> This
0: is, shout out to all the motherfuckers in Guam holding it down.
1: <laughs> shout out to the listenership in Guam and American Samoa, keeping it down.
0: Yeah. And the DR. <laughs> Some say the DR is like Puerto Rico Plus. Mm. Hmm. Hmm.
3: Well <laughs> so then Your
1: experience as as sort of like, uh, what, second generation diaspora? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. How how does that how does that like connect you to the island and how do you feel like um like how do you feel about about I guess this surge of how uh, do you feel Puerto about Ricans Daniel saying you're
0: not a real Puerto Rican? Yeah <laughs> cutting uh, to the
1: core of my question. No, I just mean like I feel no, like no, no. there has like, been a Puerto Rican. Sorry,
0: you're I was gonna say sorry, I'm gonna edit out my part of the question because yours is an actual good question. <laughs> 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 Normally, it's the opposite. Normally, it's like, Normally I'm talking. meandering for
1: no
3: reason. Yeah. But, but Sorry. no, the, it, it,
1: is, it is a fascinating thing to see uh, sort of like how Puerto Rican or the Puerto Rican identity has sort of like risen in the popular consciousness. How does that feel?
2: Yeah, uh, I kind of hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not mostly because, uh, what do you call it? It's like, um, it's become kind of like a. Uh, uh, a, a vessel for um, just the way that you know the the media in this country, in particular, talks about all you know Latinos, all, all Latinx people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like we have become the monolith that doesn't exist. You know,
0: it's it's funny that when you put put out that way, where they're like Puerto Ricans are like fleeing the island; they're going all over. And they're just really mainly going into like, a Hollywood casting agency. It's <laughs> straight from the island to to the Hollywood pipeline. <laughs> uh, and I question Luis Manuel Miranda or Lin Manuel Miranda's involvement in that pipeline. Mm-hmm. Frankly,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you're just yeah. mad that Bad Bunny is that powerful. <laughs> but... No, but but it, but in seriousness, it is
0: an, it is interesting, like it's, it's ironic the way that that works. Like mm-hmm. you're saying like the invisible monolith, like hundred percent, right? Like there's there, there it's an over media representation, but, but like, why, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to, to what end is it just because they are like the territory that's, that's most sort of aligned with like us capitalist interests. I feel like when we hear about the, the way the Island works in conjunction with like, what's Lin-Manuel Miranda's dad's name?
1: Oh god, uh I know it and I forgot
2: it, but I forgot it too. I was that gonna say dude, Edgardo, but that's the other guy. Um Yeah, yeah his, no,
1: that his... that's the that's the writer. But yeah. you can his continue your dad. Poem, Ramon.
0: Yeah, his doofus dad and you know he's with the Clinton Foundation. It's like he they're in bed with sort of like the the upper echelon to like, you know, sell out the farms to Nestle and mm-hmm. everything like that.
1: Luis uh, Miranda.
2: There it is. Ah, that's why you yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, I I don't like it either uh, because uh, Puerto Rico is in a very particular, very, very specific political situation compared to all the rest of the uh, la- Latino, Latinx population mm. within the United States. Like if, if we're talking about like this monolith of Latinos and, and the, the people that have been like sort of like lifted up to represent that our Puerto Ricans, it's very strange because we are like, like, I don't want to say brutally, but we're very harshly colonized.
0: Yeah. Harshly colonized. And they put a, a face of like joy over it. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's always like, it's always, they focus more on the joy of, of the struggle than the actual like pain and trauma of like being colonized.
1: Of yeah. having your family literally like, like atomized across the states. Yeah
2: yeah and it, it's it sucks and in particular uh just seeing that you know uh, that you know economic colonialism just sort of like reinvented and uh just sort of like mutating you know every every decade or you know whether it's it's uh like pharmaceutical companies like 10 years ago or 20 years ago mm-hmm. and and now you know crypto millionaires or crypto i don't know how much fucking money they have uh <laughs> millionaires and billionaires yeah. mm-hmm. uh just treating it as a haven now right um it's it sucks it it and um so like when you have that in in u.s media you know where it becomes a sort of like this issue where like liberals can gather around like um uh, you know dc uh, dc and Puerto Rican statehood, on the one hand, and then like the really woke ones will be like, no, self determination for Puerto Rico. Um, it, it's 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 just weird because no one's no one's really arguing on behalf of anybody, but but themselves. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, mm. uh, the self determination thing is sort of like the the ethical proper uh, position to have, but even right. self determination does not like. Uh, The majority of the current Puerto Rican population, if left to self-determination, will be persuaded by each town's um, pro-statehood mayors Mm -hmm. to sort of, like, uh, vote that way. Like, we will vote against our best interests every time. Every single election, Mm -hmm. we have voted for a worse governor because those are the people who... Like stop by the the projects, who stop by like the lower income places, and just either promise jobs or promise uh, treats or like mm-hmm. like continually we will it it's like voting for Bernie. Like yeah, yeah. You can't you can't uh in in this little amount of time simply educate enough of the population to make the the conscientious decision even though it might be a little bit more uphill a little bit more of a of a struggle for for the purpose of like uplifting yourself independently it so self-determination is a cute sentiment right but i i I don't think it can really go anywhere
2: yeah yeah it's it's just what do you call it uh I mean it, it, this is this is a, a, a thing that's an issue with like any number of, of problems uh where it's just like we fuck things to the point that like you, we can't even begin to define the problem but we want yeah. we want a solution that makes us feel better uh, right. <laughs> and Well it's, it's funny sorry go ahead No 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 go ahead
0: I was going to say it's funny you say that because my stepdad and I were having like a really long argument in a conversation about the the border crisis, which I tell him is not re- a real crisis. That's not le- a legitimate, real world concern <laughs> for anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, except for the immigrants that need a place to live in, right. you know, not be brutalized down there. But but the my my point to him was like you can't really untangle the weeds of that situation without looking at like you know decades and decades of like imperialist activity from the united states mm-hmm. like he asked me about the the border the border stuff and i start bringing up the cia in the 1970s and he just is like w- what That's <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah but it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because since i've you know met daniel and we've been talking to him about puerto rico and learning more about the island and everything like it's it's a complicated re- resolution to that those problems right mm-hmm. but the looking at the problems themselves are not complicated. It's like clear corruption in, in ways that are like, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, from, from an outsider perspective, you look at it and it's just like, you know, disaster capitalism. Right. And it's, you know, or just, you know, capitalism run amok. Mm -hmm. And the problems are not, are not complicated. The solutions are, but the problems like, we're like, if I talk about the border and I have to explain, how things got so fucked up it's incredibly complex and me and Daniel we are just talking before before we started this about we want to do like an episode where we like do some research into it and mm-hmm. discuss it so you know look out for that on our patreon probably yeah. soon but but yeah we i need to do research into it like a lot more than i've done before before we do that but you know like it's just moneyed interest everywhere yeah. that's the that's the main problem
2: yeah uh and and What do you call it? It, It's 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 one of those things that it's just like you said, it's not super um, complicated to wrap your head around. It's just that we've we've had the 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 counter narratives, right? The the (laughs) the disaster capitalists have uh, extremely good PR and their messaging has been the, you know, taken as the the sort of like objective truth um, for so long that like it how do you how do you do battle with that right like it, it, especially right. in a media environment where more than anything you you want to like have the, the the knockout haymaker in response and and that's not what it is it's it's the response is is grassroots organizing over time over a long time um and yeah. it, it's uh it, yeah it's 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 messy man it's messy and i'm, I'm per- yeah. perpetually uh frustrated
0: but what i what what
2: particularly is
0: fascinating to me is like i said like you know i I just watched this movie a few months ago called 1900 have you ever seen it oh no i haven't it's uh robert de niro and gerard Depardieu. Uh, i watched it mainly because i saw a screenshot where they're getting a a hand job at the same time from this (laughs) is that movie called like the ski the ski we i was calling it the downhill (laughs) ski. (laughs) i can't i I was like look she's like going downhill skiing with i mean just off that
1: screenshot you want to know how robert De Niro got into that situation yeah
0: (laughs) bobby d what's going on here baby but no the so but the movie basically is about italy at the turn of the century you know 1900 and it's like sort of the rise of fascism Mm -hmm. and capitalism and how they sort of work hand in hand because you know uh, you create fa- fascistic police forces to protect capital mm-hmm. and you and you know all of their interests and mainly it's the suppression of, of labor and workforce. And what's I like about that is it shows that with just very easy to see like examples like because it's just like farmers working on a farm. yeah and it's like well, if you get a if you get this horse, you can increase production and then but but come along with that you get to pay people less because production is higher. You get to get more profit. And like, it, it reminded me of like, you know, when you, you could teach kids about, you know, sort of capitalism through like, you know, animal crossing or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like a very easy, tangible, uh, like a illustration of that. And that's what I like about that. And that's what I see w- when I look at Puerto Rico is like, you could see so much of the flaws of capitalism and imperialism just through that, one island's history of just the last five years like Mm -hmm. even just since you know i mean i know it's more complicated it's i know it's it's right but the it's like you said it's been ramping up Mm -hmm. so much more since maria
2: yeah Mm
1: -hmm. i uh yeah main takeaway here is that if you like animal crossing check out 1900 (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: i mean it's fire it's a great movie it's on prime right now the only downside of it is it's five hours long, but it's a brisk- Wow. Five...
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's almost it's almost as long as our podcast episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is a brisk five hours. Uh, what's his name? Donald Sutherland is amazing in it. There's one point where Gerard Depardieu, who's like the socialist hero of, of the town, shoves horse shit in his mouth and <laughs> like an act of revenge. It's amazing. Anyway, anyways, I don't want to get on- That movie too much. Um, Yes. Speaking of... of... (laughs) Go on. Go on, Ramon. Speaking of eating shit... um... (laughs) When I invited you on, it was because, you know, I've seen a little bit of your writing. You know, I know you're a smart guy. You listen to the show. And when... But when I have a guest that isn't, like, specifically wants to do one thing, I usually say, like, what do I want to (laughs) do? And what I have wanted to do for for weeks now is uh, a look into Green Lantern Rebirth
1: number one. Oh, the Green Lives Matter comic. <laughs> the Green Lives Matter. That's that's a that's a uh, beautiful way of putting this. Like, <laughs> this comic was everywhere.
0: It really was. You feel that way? Yeah. So here's here's my experience with it, because I, I want I want to know your guys' experience <laughs> with it. But my experience with it was this. I was 17, 16, something like that, in 2004, when this book came out, and I had seen on a message board that it looked like Kyle Rayner was going to die. And, like, I didn't go on message boards often, but at the time, I was, like, deep into, like, I got to know everything about comics. So I was going to the library, and when I would use the computer, it would go to, like, the dccomics.com, look at the forums, and there was, like, a big thing from, like, the heat uh which is fucking how so i can't remember what i can't remember what heat stood for hold on let me look it up um but the the idea was it was a group of people that were really upset that how jordan was replaced in the early 90s mm. uh or, or the mid 90s and
1: they were like the proto proto uh comicscape.
0: They just—they, I mean, they really were. They had like you know letter-writing campaigns, and they didn't like the idea that he was switched over. Who
2: would who would carry a torch for Hal Jordan? Uh, like I can't.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> like... so it was called uh, Hal's Emerald Advancement Team.
1: Jesus, Oof. that's
0: cringe. Yeah, yeah, and they would they would do this through like this, I found an article about it, and it would be they they would start letter writing campaigns and they would have news groups, geo city sites, AOL rooms, CompuServe. They were all over the place. Did, do you want to read a bit of <laughs> the article was,
1: or um
0: no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that that would be an interesting
1: like time capsule for like weird yeah. internet people.
2: I feel like it would be depressingly similar to a lot of things. I now
1: I do think
0: yeah and what's what's ironic about that is that the person who is like brought back Hal Jordan inevitably was the guy who's like at the head of comics gate. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's one of those beautiful full circle moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you couldn't script it better, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: it, this is this is Green Lantern return to tradition. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll I'll read a little bit of this article. It was on Forces of Geek. It's written by Stefan Blitz, and it said on NewsGroups, GeoCity sites, AOL rooms, CompuServe everywhere fans were angry and they were connecting with other fans who were even angrier and they were making fans who weren't angry but just kind of miffed really really angry like-minded people were finding each other online and going and then going to find even more like-minded people then those like-minded people went fucking insane at least some of them they started sending death threats to dc writers and editors it was like a religious fundamentalist had invaded comics and brought their own special brand of hate with them at that point I threw up my hands in the air and embraced Kyle Rayner. Then heat showed up. It was like watching a metaphorical train wreck. At first, it should for Hal's Emerald Attack Team, but then everyone agreed that sounded too eerily like a terrorist organization. <laughs> so then it was changed to Hal's Emerald Advancement Team. Yeah, I guess you can't say you're not organizing a hate mob when it's called an attack. Right team.
1: when people love doing that, they're like, uh, "Yeah, we're the we're the Freedom Caucus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're just ad- advancing."
0: That's crazy. Their website is still up for some reason. Like, really? They did it. They got the job done. Yeah. They have a Gil Kane scholarship. <laughs> this is wild. Incredible stuff. <laughs> so, like, you know, you have to keep in mind, like, these people were like, we did
2: it, right? Like, how's coming back? It's like it's like the Snyder Cut, you know, pe- people. We've raised money <laughs> for charity. Like, you can't yell at us. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's insane, right? Like, these, like, they, and, and, like, the Snyder people, they like, like, they won. Yeah. You know? Like, what do you, what do you do from there? So, like, where I was at, I'm 16 or whatever. I'm telling these idiots, I'm, like, I'm getting into Flame Wars in
1: 2004. Flame Wars. About Green Lantern. <laughs> I'm getting PTSD. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm doing it up. And, like, you know, I'm using, like, an anonymous screen name because, like, a coward. But I'm, I'm just telling you, like, oh, go fuck yourself, you know? <laughs> Cause I like Kyle Rayner. Why? I, at the time, I'm an artist, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm a young person. I think Kyle Rayner has the coolest looking costume. His costume's the shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them. The Jim Lee one and the Daryl Banks one. You're like,
1: he's literally me. <laughs>
0: and he's half Mexican. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this dude fucking owns. So I thought, like, this is my guy. And I was reading all of the comics, like, in trade that I could buy of his. And then I'm all, you know, even when I was younger, I would buy, when my friends would go to the comic shop for Pokemon cards, I would get like a random Greenlander comic because I just thought he looked cool.
1: (laughs) That face mask?
0: Face mask is sick as fuck. And one of the first comics I got was just one, it was like a a cheap book. And it was like number 100 where Kyle meets Hal Jordan. Like there's some weird time travel shit. He gets sent back to the 60s. And that one issue kind of like, explains the lore of the green lantern in a very manageable way if you've never read comics which green lantern rebirth does not <laughs> which is one of the things that i like about it this is so inaccessible but um, yeah so, so i'm so i'm like anxious because these heat people are like not only have we won not only is how coming back kyle's gonna die
3: mm.
0: so i before that one came out Like I had never went to a comic shop to buy new comics. I only went to get old shit or I would get like trades from tower records or Barnes and Noble. And this is again, my favorite comic book character It still is to this day. So I'm like, fuck man, this sucks. And the last Kyle Rayner story was a, was a thing called homecoming was written by, uh, written by Ron Mars and drawn by, I can't remember the dude's name. It was like something Ross. Like I, it's not, it's really not important. He does a good job. I don't know what happened to him. It's not a big name though. And like in that comic, like before that Kyle Rayner had left earth because, uh, his friend Terry had gotten gay bashed. Mm. Uh, like he, he was a victim of a hate crime. Kyle Rayner gets really mad. So he goes into space so he and just like starts, the he, he's like, guys, people are fucked up. I'm out of here. <laughs> so he leaves. And this, this homecoming story was, like have kyle come back home and like visit his mom and his girlfriend and his friends one last time in case he dies basically they, they <laughs> so sent I'm him off this. basically i mean it's so funny because when he comes back like one of the first things that happens is he goes home to see jade his girlfriend and he, like a dude walks out of the shower like the first thing they do is like okay he gets cucked and
1: <laughs> yeah like they might as well have killed him then
0: I mean, he gets cucked, and what you know is pretty soon he's not going to be a Green Lantern. He might not even be alive. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And so I'm reading these issues. I'm just like, man, what a way to go. (laughs) 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 And, like I said, these were the first times I would go to the comic shop, like, on a Wednesday. I didn't even know you had to go on a Wednesday. I thought you could just go whenever. (laughs) And, like, so, like, when Green Lantern Rebirth number 1 came out, I went in on like that Friday because I'm just like it's not an important thing. I go there and they're like, "We don't have it." <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't have it? I don't. I have like the second or third printing of it. Okay. Uh, I don't have the, I don't have the original one even. Um, but then by the end of it, my last like it really shows the decline of man. This my my six issues of this book because the I have the first one but like a third printing and the last one I have signed by Ethan Van Sciver. <laughs>
1: It just keeps getting more and more worthless from the first one. To the last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways,
0: I go to the store and I'm hyped because it's finally here. Either he lives or he dies. Every issue, I'm like on fucking needle's edge. Knife's edge? I'm on the edge. <laughs> I'm on a sharp edge. And, you know. I'm chilling at the I'm chilling at the comic shop and these people they the people at the comic shop absolutely hated me because like I would go in they they knew the only thing I wanted was Green Lantern that's all that I read that's the only thing I cared about so they're finally Green Lantern is a popular book and I'm just like what do you mean you don't have it <laughs> like it's a very important book why would you not have it and they're just like we sold all of them all right so then you know I eventually got it but. Anyways, my point is, this was my first real, like, this was Baby's first comic, for real, for real. Like, first time I'm going to the shop, and I'm buying the new thing, because because I need to know what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Where were you at with this? Because, like, I know I was a Green Lantern, like, semi-obsessive. I'd read a lot. But I also knew, as a Green Lantern fan, there's not a lot of Green Lantern fans. <laughs> 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 like, Kyle Rayner at that point, like, these comics were not popping like that.
2: Yeah, Kyle Rayner's yes. a hard sell. Uh, I mean, like Kyle Rayner, Green Lanterns are a hard sell. Kyle Rayner for me was not because that costume was sick as fuck, like he said. Um yeah. And also, you know, he's half Mexican, so I got to root for you know the the Latino back back before we had any representation. Yeah, and and like unless you were told that, like a lot of times you couldn't tell because of the <laughs> art. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh But like you know that that's how that's how it was then.
0: Uh, you know, what's funny is I got into an argument with Ron Mars like really long ago uh, about uh, representation in comics. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like 2010 okay. on Twitter. And I remember him because cause it was about like Darwin Cook mm-hmm. uh, had said something like, why wouldn't they just make a new character? Why would they turn Batwoman lesbian? Mm. And I was like what's the like first of all like who gives a shit Mm -hmm. second of all you've never created anything darwin cook (laughs) and third of all like like this is a new character anyway so you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about Mm -hmm. and uh ron mars got really upset with me he you know he he didn't know who i was nobody did i wasn't making comics at this this time Mm -hmm. but uh i was like how could you say that i'm like you know, you made Kyle Rayner and they made him Mexican. That's awesome. Like, for a Mexican person like me. Yeah. And he goes, well, that wasn't the intention when he was created." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that, w- that was a mistake. That was a mistake. I would rather him be
2: white, frankly.
1: <laughs> Incredible. Super awesome. Uh,
2: uh, so, anyway. But, like, that's kind of the energy that DC Comics has towards, totally. Ky- towards Kyle for most of his, his existence. Um, like... I, it was it was really funny like not to not to change the subject too much but like to, to no, see no. Tom King do the Omega Man and remember all that shit. I did too. Um, I like yeah. That. That's to me one of his best comics. I think. Um, oh, for sure. Especially because Barnaby Bagenda is is a genius. Um, I think.
0: Yeah. When I mean when it opened up and he was doing like the Rosary in Spanish, I was like, Yeah, Holy shit. shit.
2: Uh, it was awesome. But uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't super in, into to Green Lantern. What do you call it? My um, I remember what do you call it? So my, my my thing with comics was like my dad was a was a collector. He collected anything he could. Right? Oh, really? Yeah, he loved collecting shit. Um, oh, just like not comics specifically, just things in general. Yeah, I mean he loved comics because that that's okay. like a, a generational thing. My grandpa did too, and it just sort of like carried on. Um, nice. but uh. So, he collected a bunch of comics. He didn't read them uh, after, like, having me because, you know, he had me and my sister. Like, that, that, that's yeah. fucking work. Um, and, uh, but he, he had, like, a box of comics from, like, when he was collecting and I would, like, go through them. And so, like, there was one, like, really sick uh, Green Lantern cover. I can't remember which one it was, but it was sort of, like, um, it had a bunch of the starlings on it. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, had, like, this sinister, like, energy, like it's the sick green glow. And um and I, I remember I remember the plot of the issue actually, like Hal's uh ring is out, um and the Starlings are after him and he has to sort of like survive. Um mm. and I thought that was tight. Uh but uh, again I never really stuck with, with Green Lantern uh much, mostly because like my folks got religious after a certain age for me. And so there was like a purge of all that and I wasn't allowed to to, to read comics or Oh wow, yeah! Like a lot of pop culture, co- I have a big pop culture gap. There was a, my, my, a bit of
1: a satanic panic situation.
2: I mean, kind of. Uh, it wasn't explicitly that. It, it it was it was just like a uh, like a very um, just you know shunning of secular culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my flesh. fiance calls it the drought, right? <laughs> the, the drought where I don't don't have a lot of like. I'm missing a lot of pop culture pieces so like but I still I you know I was a I was a teenager and like I thought comics were sick as hell so I would like go to the library for hours and just read them when I found out libraries had comics um, yeah, that was
0: totally my experience too by the way that's my sister was convinced I was supposed <laughs> to like you could to this day you can't tell her
1: such a fake excuse
2: too I'm at the library I was but I was literally at the library. <laughs> sorry so you were at the library no, it was fine. Uh, yeah and i was i was just like reading whatever comics i had which you know back when i was a teenager wasn't many um right like we're about the same age uh, i i think
1: How i'm are 30 you? so
2: you might be a little bit older than me yeah i'm 33 yeah. um and, i'm ageless uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i transcend all that so mm-hmm. comics comic they had there were some comics at the library um i found out more of them through like the library also carrying wizard magazine (laughs)
3: yes no i mean that's
2: hella real though i would go to the library get
0: that wizard magazine read every fucking Mm -hmm. article get spoiler get spoiled for like watchman and like a ton of other comics (laughs) It was always like the top 10 craziest comics moments ever and i'm just like reading it not having read those comics
1: being like oh that's that is crazy yeah (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the majority of my experience with this book was just Wizard Magazine hyping it over and over and over.
0: Yeah, well, Wizard Wizard Magazine publishes the first three pages of this thing. Like, they're not in the they're not in that the comic proper unless you have like the absolute or wh- deluxe edition or whatever. But like the first three, there's three pages that are just kind of like background, like showing Hal and Kyle, like Kyle's in space, Hal's at a baseball game or something, <laughs> and. <laughs> and it's just like oh something's about to come and it was like three pages just for it, wizard cuz wizard was like yeah they had ready that power shit. or yeah. i
1: mean it yeah. not necessarily power but they were definitely like in the they they served as that tool to the to the big
2: two yeah right yeah I, I remember yeah. i mean and this was this is kind of a continuation of 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 dc using wizard as a Jeff john's hype machine for like his flash run right mhm Um, yeah because like that's what he's coming off of at the time if i remember correctly right he went from
0: jsa i think also yeah
2: it was like flash jsa and then this right yeah he was like a wonder child for a while
3: yeah
0: yeah i mean the flash stuff was was major for him Mm -hmm. um because it was basically like okay mark wade now this yeah and this dude and his comics were like you know pretty pretty good like the flash ones Mm
2: -hmm. yeah and in in a sense it's
0: his jsa ones were also like because those were tom pyre um, or Tom payer. I can't, oh, I don't know. Like it's, it's weird with these names that you only read, right? That no one says... And Goyer or something. Mm-hmm. So anyways, it was old dudes that were writing JSA and, we, we, and it was like coming off of star Starman and everything. Mm-hmm. So like, but, but when he wrote JSA, I remember there being also just like, oh, this is like a dude doing sort of retro revival yeah. shit. But yeah, the flash thing was huge. Cause that was like classic comic book, DC comic mm-hmm. book stuff sorry go ahead
2: no i mean and that was pretty much it that was my that was my um what do you call it your
1: yeah your, your experience with your the awareness. character before this
2: yeah so like when this came out like i was i was aware of it i um because it was like the the hottest shit um happening at, at dc in that in that yeah. moment
0: i don't think it ever went over batman yeah yeah but i mean it sold an insane amount of copies. Mm-hmm. Like it sold a lot and it took a character that was like really like a joke, kind of like D tier character, and put him on
2: like a, a different level. Yeah, yes. Ex- exactly. yeah. Exactly. Calling it the hottest shit is like a mischaracterization. People were just oh, I mean it was, though. It was it so much.
0: I mean, it was important because Batman's always gonna do yeah. that, right? But Batman's not gonna set the tone for the full line of comics. Mm-hmm. Because it's Batman. Like you can't you can't change the the, everything is he's got his own other universe yeah, yeah batman but, is not like for,
1: universally important like yeah
0: like this but this was like not only is is it this but now every other book they wanted to be like this because this was so popular right. i yeah.
2: think yeah
1: i think the 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 closest equivalent I, I it's not one-to-one but in terms of like goal and the popularity uh, of this book it reminds me of uh like uh sort of cinematic bendis era mm-hmm.
0: yeah that was what i was thinking Cause... too like that yeah it was it was dc's answer to the bendis stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: because i throughout all this time like i was yeah i was reading mostly wizard magazine i was mostly focusing on the marvel stuff um and when i finally did get to like start uh picking up comics i went entirely in the marvel route but i always knew that there was sort of like this like anti bendis or like this person on the other <laughs> side who, who sort of like represented that sort of like uh keys to the to the machine right um and i and i and i remember seeing i guess at, at this point i uh i was like impressed by the by the art But because it's 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 like a mirage. Mm -hmm. Like I'm gonna get into it later, but I I guess I I was wooed by all the like lines and details, and it definitely did the trick. It 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 definitely Mm. caught a whole bunch of people and brought them into this world. And it's such a strange thing, I guess. Now reading it, um. Because it's, it's, it's very hard to get into as somebody who knows absolutely nothing about Green Lantern. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like, so that's one of my favorite things about this. We'll start talking about it, but it is, there's one scene in specific, specifically that I feel like this must be so unpenetrable (laughs) to people who don't know about like the last, however many years of, of this character and not just the one character, but like a handful of characters (laughs) that I knew about because I read all the shit. Mm Mm-hmm. And you, they, they would pop up and, you know, people would have, like, new status quos where, like, they're like, okay, Guy Gardner, this is his deal now. And then it didn't matter, like, the next run. It reminds you
1: know? me of sort of how uh, a lot of the, like, Man of Steel movies or uh, the way a, a lot of these uh, films were, were made, they were, they were, like, chock full of just name drops that mean mm. nothing to <laughs> <Right>. anyone else. <laughs> like if
0: it-, it reminds me of like if you get put into a group chat that you didn't start, so people already have like jokes mm-hmm. and stuff and you're just like, "Oh okay, yeah yeah, I'll pretend to know what they're talking about just for like, you know, the the bit here, but I don't I'm fucking clueless."
1: <laughs> I did that throughout this whole book. Actually, what's funny is that I ended up <laughs> I I ended up getting catching references because I remembered the Ryan Reynolds movie which I oh, wow. definitely saw. and it it's fascinating because I feel like the the Ryan Reynolds movie is sort of like uh like working off of rebirth backwards to construct mm. an origin story that is compatible yeah. with this book. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. well, I mean, how uh, Jeff Johns worked on the movie like he yeah. was that was one of the first
1: times where DC had him. And I feel like that movie is impenetrable because of that.
0: I I I I remember when I saw that movie with some friends, I in the theater, I'm like, "This is like in my head, I know this is awful, right?" (laughs) I was ready to love that movie, and by the time I got out, I had rationalized why actually (laughs) it's very smart. (laughs) And if you don't get it, that's like kind of on you. (laughs) And my friends were just like, "You're out of your fucking mind." (laughs) You just had
1: more willpower
0: than them. I mean so my my take on that movie was I don't know cuz we might want to do a an episode about it but you know what fuck it my 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 point of view was that movie was sort of like uh like take away author, authorial intent or whatever mm-hmm. take away that like that movie is about a dumb person who's like pig headed uh it's it's it, like is what drives him and <laughs> it's anti-intellectualism because anybody who wants to learn or explore or or find out more about how the world works they're they're just deformed they turn disgusting evil hated and meanwhile hal jordan who you know is ryan reynolds is just like an empty-headed like buffoon (laughs) is handsome loved people people just want to fuck him like it's and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like he's got incredible space ad. and I feel
1: like all of that comes from this shit rebirth.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of it in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know what's amazing was I remember listening to podcasts and shit at the time, and there was like an interview with with Jeff Johns or with whoever, and I was so hyped be- for that movie because they're like he's on set, and whenever. Like Blake Lively was confused about her character's motivation. Jeff Johns was there to be like, "Here's what the deal is with this world." And the the actors were praising it like, "It's so incredible." Yeah, like he knows how the whole universe works. It's all in his head, and we have instant access to him. And I just, you know, you can't help but compare that to the the cyborg. What's the guy's name? Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher, the actor. Ray Fisher. Fisher experience. Where it's like. It was awful. Mm-hmm. We had this guy here on set.
1: He, he he was constantly telling me to say "booyah."
0: It was yeah. I mean, it was
1: it's it's funny when you think about that though.
0: Yeah, like just the 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 contrast of like what those years make and the power that he got over that time. Good
1: thing. Good thing about uh the Green Lantern movie uh the Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively they got to live happily ever after.
2: <laughs> Did they meet on that movie? Are they together still? I think they're still together. Yeah. Yeah, they're still together. Um, living in like a, a farm or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but
1: the, like the way you're describing John's actually is the other thing that sort of like stood out. Maybe I'll save it for the. Let, I'll save it for the end of the episode. Let's, let's get into <laughs> yeah. It. yeah yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah, let's get into this uh, issue. So we start out in the darkness of space, with the narrator opining about the good old days, about wonder, adventure, and romance. And there's a, there's a part of that, that really strikes like a chord with me where he says, uh, we learned that this is Kyle Rayner, by the way, but he says, I've been told it was a magnificent place back then, full of wonder, adventure, and even romance. So we're already setting it up as a classic, uh, you know, Jeff Johnsian concept where we got, uh, things, people, they were all much cooler, more, more nobler and more heroic back then. Right? Like. Just opening lines is just like, man, things used to be great. I I, I hear. <laughs> Immediate <laughs> you know nostalgia. I
3: mean?
0: Immediate just nostalgia. It's not based on anything, anything real. Like, we already know that those comics that Hal Jordan was in were just like, not the first ones. The first ones I love. But it, there was a real sharp decline by the time, like, you know, the 80s came around. And he was a traveling toy salesman <laughs> and like a trucker. <laughs> But don't worry, because we have explanations for all of that in this book. <laughs> so uh, then we cut to two wandering dudes. Oh, well, we see a spaceship blast out of out of the sun. Um, it's a green spaceship. You know, who could it be?
1: We don't know. Shooting out <laughs> sort of like green diarrhea out into space as it goes. Yes. A lot of green energy. Yeah.
0: Then we cut to two dudes wandering around Area 51. Uh, I feel like these dudes are are cynical. They're questioning the government history, each other.
1: <laughs> they don't. Be- they don't believe in UFOs, which is the most ridiculous thing ever said in a DC comic. <laughs> I-, I
0: was gonna. I wrote in my note. It's kind of funny for a book steeped in DC continuity to have like the only two civilian, like regular people, be like, "I don't know if UFOs are real." It's like, dude, there's Superman. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Could there be aliens? There's.
2: Literally more insane shit on the news every single night. They were, uh, they were, what do you call it? They were born at Burning Man and they just stayed there. <laughs>
1: Cut off from everyone. Yeah, like this kind yeah, of so skepticism these are, got, is, is always fascinating when you have like, God is confirmed in the DC universe.
0: <laughs> I mean, fully confirmed. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, these guys are postmodern ne- neo-Marxists.
1: <laughs> yeah, typical chaos um, agents.
0: <laughs> yeah but you know these two, these are two dudes who are wandering searching they don't have their lives in order and then a big crash to parallel the abin crash and you know the the for the green lantern origin but instead we it's not abin it was to a young ramon villalobos's amusement <laughs> my favorite character kyle rayner in a two-page spread with him just on his knees
1: just messed up
0: yeah uh and he, he says the words, don't be afraid, up front. That's just, a, you can't be afraid. And the two dudes are like, oh, shit, what the fuck? <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Well, that's so interesting. So uh, I have,
2: I'm, I'm reading uh, the deluxe edition, which I think was the last one. Oh, and, that, okay. The last reissue that they put out. It might have been last year. Um, And that double page spread is not here. Really? Yeah. Uh, It doesn't have him on his knees. Don't be afraid. No. So pretty much. So you've got the, you've got the, the page with it. Like then? That page feels very iconic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so weird because like, you don't know that it's Kyle Rayner, uh, reading this, you know, for the first time, it also starts with, uh, it might be those wizard magazine pages, the one at the stadium. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It must be then. Yeah. Um, where it's him in space. Yeah, exactly. So like you, you, you can infer from that, that it's Kyle Rayner.
0: um, yeah, so those pages, by the way, what happens in those is Kyle Rayner is in space, and he's seeing these little, like, goblin aliens. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really funny. <laughs> and they're like, it's Parallax! It's Parallax! And he's like, what the fuck did you just say <laughs> 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 And then it cuts to Hal. I think he's at an air show, right?
2: Uh, yeah, you, it's it's Hal at, a, at like, a, exactly, an air
0: show. So Hal Jordan is simultaneously in this comic, two different characters from... Like, to to contextualize him, he's two different people in, in like, you know, the modern American, you know, zeitgeist. He's clearly, he's Joe Biden. I mean, this man is the most Joe Biden guy ever. Uh, Especially in this issue, he's super Joe Mm -hmm. Biden-y. He's, like, it's very, like, boy, my dad could drive.
3: God, can my dad drive a car.
0: (laughs) My dad could drive a car, brother. It's a lot of that energy. And it's also uh, Jordan Peterson. It's a lot of (laughs) Hal Jordan Peterson.
1: Interesting connection there with the last names.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you like how I did that? I just combined the two. I didn't actually... I didn't... Until I looked at my notes and I saw Hal Jordan, Jordan Peterson, I didn't even make that connection. (laughs) I literally wrote Jordan twice and my brain didn't connect that until like literally right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So in terms of
2: the the two-page spread, like what what's in yeah. there
0: yeah what happens after the crash he says please and
2: then yeah he says please cut to... and then it cuts to to Carol Ferris in, in California that's crazy okay
0: that's insane why would they get rid of this? I... Is,
2: it, is it later in it do you see it ever in that movie i don't all right so i'm going to i'm going to pop ahead a yeah, little bit yeah just kind of flip through that and see where Like we... when they go back to the to the desert yeah i don't let's see when's the next time in the desert that's it
1: that's uh, incredible they just,
2: Until like the next issue. They just cut these two
0: pages out. It's kind of weird. Th- yeah. This
1: feels like very like relevant and important information. It's the first time like they show you the coffin. It's yeah. the first time they they um like Kyle is kind of like useless in this book. <laughs> don't say that.
0: No, don't say that.
1: He's not. He's very important. He's he's very important, but just as a a narrative device. He's very important because, like I said,
0: Hal Jordan like Hal Jordan is like a Jordan Peterson sort of like alpha male, like guy mm. who's got his shit together. Mm-hmm. Kyle Rayner is the opposite of that in this book. He, yeah. he is, he's a, he's weak. He's an artist. He, mm-hmm. he literally, you see him, he's slouched over on his knees. Mm-hmm. Hal Jordan is never not standing straight up, perfect posture, total. <laughs> that's one of the 12 rules, I think. It's like, don't slouch.
2: Yeah, the... Uh... What do you call it? This book is wild, disrespectful to Kyle Raynor while also yes, <laughs> while also like trying to like be like you got this, sport, like while condescending. Um, they make so...
1: him. They make him. I'm sorry, Ramon. I am uh, all respect and all love to Mexican people. I lo- Hold on, they just I'm sorry. make him a chump. I'm... They make him a chump. They really do. Listen, I, He's I don't care half of this. Book. <laughs>
0: He took a siesta for half the thing. Straight
1: up, he's like, hold "Oh up. yeah, uh, wake me up in 15 minutes. Said, I'll tell you like a- three more sentences." He said, Don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be okay. <laughs> My
0: favorite accent is the 1960s racist Mexican accent. Yeah, everyone knows that about me. But but no no no. So hold on. First of all, real quick. Mm-hmm. Point of point of correction: the stand up straight. Stand up straight with your shoulders back. The how Jordan stands rule number one, baby. Really, that's wow. that's number one. I have not read this guy's rules, I know of them. I have all them up so that if there's any, there's a few that, that like in preparation for this, I've went deep into the Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> I my mind was like, oh, he's like Jordan Peterson, partially because Ethan Van Sciver literally illustrated all 12 rules. Oh, that's right, he did oh yeah so i have up right now on my screen all 12 of the rules that evs illustrated so in my mind these could be printed in this book if you got the moose bauman colors which by the way spectacular i love yes. them yeah but you could print them in here and like help the reader sort of get the themes <laughs>
1: Sort of like, like taking a break to... from the comic to learn about the themes of the book. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I wish each chapter break had like a, one of these things to just explain like a little message from the good doctor about like, you know, like, what, what happened here is the postmodernists have tried to ruin our hero, but he's okay. <laughs> Here's
1: why you can't trust women.
0: <laughs> Speaking of women. Speaking of women that we literally cannot trust, (laughs) we cut to Carol Ferris looking like a, you know, like a 2004 VH1 babe. She's got Nora Jones, like front Mm -hmm. Starbucks rack. She's got that in the whip. You can tell, (laughs) you know, she's on her, she's on her cell phone. No big deal. Not a flex.
1: Right. Just what it is. Cell phone with like, with like the antenna that you pull out. Mm hmm.
0: That was a thing back then. She's on her Nokia. She she had the usher. You don't have to call. <laughs> ringtone. <laughs> it beeps. It, um, yeah, yeah. No. 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 Her 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 ringtone is like a what? Is, what are the the MIDI? Is it MIDI? Yeah, it MIDI. was.
1: Yeah, the the MIDI of of the of, of walking down like you know making my way
0: downtown.
2: Oh no, I thought you were in <laughs> that's right a now. ringtone. Yeah. Crazy frog. I was gonna say the, the what's what's her MIDI ringtone? Oh, what, what's your? Uh, it's probably gonna be something like uh, since you've been gone by Kelly Clarkson. or Hell or yes. no, 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 this year it would be Daniel uh the, the, what do you call it? Um, you gotta get through this. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: See, I <I'm, laughs> in my head, her
0: she she's not that hip. like she's not even Daniel Betty. Benif- like she is full-on basic white woman. Mm, that's in two thousand four. She's got the scarf. so so that's like Mitty Kenny G, like. Kenny G, what what year is this, bro? Come on. Don't do it like that. You know what? You know what? Just because you're 30 and not 33, like, you, you couldn't understand because you were not there. <laughs> you didn't know what it was like, okay? I remember when girls in high school had, like, knee-length cardigans. They just went straight down with with and this is California where they are like <laughs> circular breathing so hot like <laughs> like so like I see her I see this woman Carol Ferris she's in the middle of a field in northern California I know this woman <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't tell but she like, definitely has like waist pants like
0: it's it is hot out here I mean no the the chicks back then l- low rise jeans
2: mm. yeah those low rise yeah this was that was a time about.
0: yeah yeah she she maybe has she maybe has the Jessica Jessica Simpson, maybe some pink on the on the on the meaty <laughs> <laughs> Yeah on her sand on her Sandy 7 P three player. Mm-hmm. Shout out. I she's used to have one of them
1: too. The most uh generic car. It's I like a make.
2: sensible accord. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's sick.
2: I don't know if she's supposed to be like rich though. She she is. She's rich ish. Yeah. She spends it she spent it on the scarf.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. scarf is luxurious. Come yeah. on. <laughs> So she's on the and her cell phone plan. I mean, she's in the middle of nowhere. Are, <laughs> that's roaming. <laughs> that's, that's, the city doesn't exist
1: anymore. What? Most of her money just goes into the roaming.
0: <laughs> yeah, all of her money is dipped into roaming charges. So she's on the phone with her husband, and this is how you know she's trifling. This is how you know she's not a real. She's not a real one. <laughs> she goes to the. She goes and she's like, "Oh, I love you." And she says, "I." Her husband says, "I love you." She says, "I love you too." And meanwhile, she's touching Hal Jordan's name on his dusty ass plane. Can't trust him. <laughs> she's out here, she's out here simping over Hal Jordan. So he's incredible. been dead. He's been not only has he been dead for years. I mean, first of all, he's not dead.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This comic like, is mourning him and talking to him at the same time.
2: It's uh, yeah. It's so weird because like like you were you were saying earlier, Daniel. The context for this is not explained at all. You don't know that this city was wiped off of the face of the earth. Um, right. You don't know that. Uh, what do you call it? Hal Jordan did it. You know? No, no, no. Hal Jordan didn't
0: wipe the. F- no, he didn't. Oh, Mongol that. did. Sorry. Mongol, yeah. Mongol did it, and then he reconstructed it with his mind. Yeah, which. Was not good because he, he he mentally broke. Yeah, yeah. He thought it, he thought everyone was dead in his life, mm-hmm. um, and so he he recreated the city and went literally insane,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then his uh his the guardians were like, "Shut that down! You're not allowed to do that, right?" <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, I'm not allowed to do that? Then I'll fucking kill every one of you." <laughs> And, and by the way, like, yeah, he, so he goes on a murder spree. It's one of my, it's also one of my favorite
2: comics. I mean, uh, it, it's kind of like, as far, man, as far as comic book psychotic breaks go, it, it's kind of tight.
0: I like it. I, it's it's amazing. It's a great comic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so he went on like a fucking murder spree, this dude, an intergalactic murder spree. <laughs> and meanwhile, like she's on the phone with her husband, like stalking him on
2: Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's looking at old high school pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing about her character here is that like this is her her family airfield, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. her, her dad owned it, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: she, yeah, she's uh she's rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just she's, reminiscing. She's like a Paris Hilton type figure but if Paris Hilton, you know, wore sensible shoes. <laughs> That's yeah. So the next next page we got the boys mm-hmm. them boys we got Guy Gardner and john stewart and like all dudes that rock and that go to baseball games together just to kick it they're talking about their feelings the fucking whole time
1: (laughs) (laughs) which is uh i mean like i said real this is what it's really like john stewart carrying a guy Gardner in like a a crib (laughs) basically so so weird because
0: so here's the thing like uh like I said, this is there's no context to like the fact that Guy Gardner lost his ring and became warrior. He has a big Wizard right?
1: magazine shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like it literally is just
0: a Wizard magazine like logo or something. Straight up, it- <laughs> they try to do like, in fairness to Johns, I feel like he tries to be subtle about explaining all of this history that he just hates. Like,
1: <laughs> I, really, you think you, like I I don't think that this is subtle at all in the sense that there's like this book I- has so much talking about like they do explain it but like nobody's having this detailed of a conversation Ever. yeah i
0: mean well it's like it's exposition yeah. it's like you know they're exposition dumping their emotions <laughs> more so than the continuity yes. though they're, they're establishing the me
1: is, each character's
0: sort of like take on hal jordan which is by the way almost unanimously good in this comic but we'll get to that a bit later when the, finally somebody reasonably is like he's a murderer yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: And that guy is the antagonist, um, basically,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, so, yeah, the boys are going to the game, and they're just talking about how much they love their serial killer <laughs> <laughs> And what I found interesting about this also is like, you know, getting it out the way, john Stewart is is black. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what was fascinating to look at this, especially in relation to like, I didn't watch the show. Uh, the Winter Falcon mm-hmm. and the
1: sol- Soldier.
0: The, and the Winter, Winter Falcon.
1: Falcon. Disney Plus's Marvel's is Winter. What is Falcon. it? What is
0: the What is the show called? It's, it's Winter Soldier and Falcon. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <Eso>. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: that one. <laughs> um, so he's like, "Go watch your novela." Like,
0: <laughs> 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 so, anyways, the point is, I didn't see it but i know because i've seen the dot the discourse that there is a lot of examination of what it's like to be like you know for for the the falcon to be a black man taking up the mantle of of captain america what that means sort of contextually and i also know that like the 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 watchman show also has a similar I, another show i didn't watch Um, another discourse about sort of like blackness in America and what it means to be in a position of power and a super, like all of this stuff is unpacked, which is like the quaint 2004, just having to be a black man is like, that's all that you need, baby. (laughs) Like there is no unpacking of any of that.
1: None at all. Yeah. It's it's not even a question. It's not even a Uh, thing on his mind. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring it up
0: is because. Guy Gardner says, you're just like a good soldier, which to me was such like a, you're well-spoken, you know, like the classic Biden to Obama line. Mm -hmm. Like he's like well-mannered, you know, like, you know, you just do what people tell you. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're a good soldier. It's like very condescending reading it in 2021 vision. Right. But in 20, 2005, four or five, it's like, you know, not progressive to have him just be there and you know not like a car- a caricature but just like you know the 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 way that they don't do any unpacking is is sort of like shocking for 2021
2: is that fair you think uh it's interesting in like context right because like johns has always struck me as like a classic you know i don't see color kind of guy but at the same yeah. time his project is putting white guys back in the roles that were dis- <laughs> you know like that that were were taken by like you know people of color um so his you know in fairness to him he's uh he's a Lebanese- american. american Oh, right. Lebanese. he recently That's right. came out like he, he did well, so shout out shout yeah. out to him uh good luck on that journey um, um yeah well wishes
1: it, it it's equivalent it, like i feel like there was a bit of a controversy and that's kind of why he brought it up. It reminded me of like, yes. Kevin Spacey bringing up that he was gay after all of this controversy. <laughs> he's like, actually, yep. I'm gay. That was almost exactly like that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I like, can't
1: be racist. I'm uh, Lebanese. Didn't they also bring up Jeff Johns as, like, ex-wife of color? Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah she
0: was, yeah. Uh, all the, all black the stops. Woman, and he's like... Do I not get credit for at one point being married to a black woman? Because oh. I feel like I should get points. <laughs> oh, that was
2: so weird. Anyway, um, yeah, it was cringe for sure. Uh, John Stewart in this comic is is super weird to me because, like, um, just like everyone else, uh, every other Green Lantern that shows up in this comic, right? He tries to respect them, but he also. Needs to depict them as being like a little bit shit at being the Green Lantern compared to Hal. Yeah, he,
0: they're le- they're all lesser than Hal. Yeah, I mean, but uh, but they don't really have a good reason for for John to be lesser than him. Okay, so so like the thing with how with John Stewart is interesting too because in two thousand four he's not like a second there he's the green lantern because the cartoon show right absolutely like, <laughs> yes he was he was the one in jla he was the one who like if you were going to do a media property about john about green lantern it would be john stewart which i you know i didn't like because i i mean not because i don't like john stewart i think he's fine uh if a little uninteresting in the way that how jordan is uninteresting uninteresting because they they don't examine anything about his character beyond just like i'm a good guy but at the same <laughs> you know, time this was like
1: this was uh Dwayne McDuffie era like right. he was doing a lot of like the Justice yeah. League work so it was it yeah he was a little bit of uh like a straight edge character uh ex like yeah. veteran but he he definitely had a strength and an autonomy that in this comic like I feel like S- Jon Stewart only exists to hype up Hal Jordan to yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. like cape simp defend <laughs> do everything He's, in his power c- to yeah. defend hal jordan's good name nobody can Anytime
0: him. anyone said it he was like yo shut up that's my guy
1: mm-hmm. And it's sort of like a, like like a, a, like a white fantasy to have like yeah. to have like a black man <laughs> this hard
0: He's like he goes for it like dudes go on twitter for like LeBron James We're like I go for Steph Curry like <laughs> He's that kind of dude. He's yeah. just like, yo, that's my guy. Don't say a fucking word about him.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: Which, you know, is admirable.
1: <laughs> it's admirable, but it's like in this book is a fantasy.
0: Right, exactly. That's the other thing. Like, like again, like with Jon Stewart, like he had been through some shit. This man was was uh, handicapped not that long ago. He was in a wheelchair. And, you know, they don't talk about that at all because they fixed it. <laughs> you know, they, they changed it.
1: Yeah, that's that's not going into the movie property at all, so you don't have to, like, over-explain it. It was
0: was a traumatic part of Jon Stewart's history that just Jeff Johns didn't need to... This whole book is him just, like, cleaning his room so that he can, you know, make a more perfect version of Green Lantern, right? Like, it's the... What rule is it? (laughs) (laughs) Back to the rules. (laughs) I gotta go back to my rules. I guess... Oh, I guess it's part of number six, you know, set your house in... Perfect order before you criticize the world, but you know, cleaning your room is a big part of it. Clean up your room. Yeah, like John Stewart had important, like emotionally resonant stories, but that's all reduced to just being like, "I like how Jordan." Right.
1: Yeah, and in he's like the
0: "I like turtles" kid, but for I like how (laughs) Jordan.
1: And in Guy Gardner's perspective, uh, a wimp and a tool to the Justice League.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. He says that you ask how instead of why. Which is amazing because Guy Gardner, I mean, says uh, he doesn't ask anything. <laughs> he's just like, a, I mean, he's presented totally like a fucking asshole idiot, um, and like you know, he says that John Stewart's a good soldier. He's like sort of the two thousand four sort of peak bad soldier. Like this man looks like he slaughtered a room full of Iraqi children. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And like even I think even I don't I don't know what do you call it what the what the intention is but like his 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 weird fucking warrior powers that aren't really explained that well um yeah. it kind of like invokes nuke you know uh, it does invoke nuke yeah uh he, he he looks like that aggro you know guy who shouldn't have powers this um, is his superpower is he gets tribal
1: talent <laughs> this, <laughs> so... is, this is this is ramon's uh subtle exposition <laughs> that he's talking about with this book where in the middle like of about 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 to go get your seats in in uh, a baseball game, he goes full crazy just to show uh, John he's he's insane,
2: like with with the super ripped <laughs> tribal tattoos for two seconds. Yeah. So, yeah, just talking about his favorite DBZ character. I mean, listen, listen to how subtle
0: this is, because I you know I did say it was subtle. Um, <laughs> he says, "My Voldarian powers, laced in my genetics, they've brought me back from the brink of death." Even during that inter, even during that interplanetary war crap, that and my good looks make me stand out on my own. They make me more than just another Green Lantern. I'm Guy Gardner, warrior. Screw the core. Like I said, it's 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 uh it's subtle. It's
2: not over. It's not hitting you over the head with what he's what he's trying to say about Guy Gardner. Yeah, but the funny thing is, it kind of makes him the most likable character in this book. Oh, you feel that way? I mean, like in the sense that, like he's a character, you know. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just because like, oh, he's an ass. Like, I understand him. Yeah. You know? Sure. That's
1: always the appeal of, of sort of like the asshole character in, in media. Where right. A, at least it's a personality.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: I never liked Guy Gardner. Like, you know, just to get my
0: history with it. I never, I always thought was like, I hated him because of his haircut.
2: Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's always been bad.
0: Not Even true, this one. This right, one isn't great either. This yeah. isn't great either, but I hated the bull cut in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I didn't like his costume in general, but. The, the series after this came out, uh Green Lantern Core Recharge. Mm. It was a uh, Tomasi and Gleason together for I think the first time and they he he gave him a good haircut. Okay. That that was an awesome book. That's a that I think I
1: mean I haven't read it since it came oh, out. Oh yeah but... that Gleason art. I can I can imagine good Guy Gardner art in Gleason style. Yeah, I mean he
0: they were on that book forever after they did the recharge. That was a mini series and they did There's a green lantern book uh it was called green lantern core i mean and i once that book came out i stopped reading the main
1: one they brought back the kal-rayner Kyle Kyle. face mask yeah yeah it was awesome
0: so wait no no, no that wasn't they didn't do that in that I don't no know?
1: i i just saw it in that i'm just thinking about that Gleason art
0: yeah no i well they eventually brought it back but that was in countdown to it was called countdown to 52 not 52 countdown to final crisis maybe anyways there was a book with him, Donna Troy and Jason Todd, where they were. <laughs> Ignore this part. Forget. Forget <laughs> me. Don't don't send me down one of my roads. Listen, let's
1: go to that next page because it really irked me. Okay. Like this is I've I haven't talked too much about uh, EVS's art, but well, because it's been so serviceable and good. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I absolutely hate this panel with Hal Jordan. Oh, you talking about the one where he's standing up straight with his shoulders back? <laughs> yeah, he's standing <laughs> completely straight like a like a good American. Um He's a Chad. I'm sorry that you hate alphas, but that's who he I'm is. No, I'm it's not even about the drawing of Hal Jordan. It's about what the hell this sort of like string texture thing that's going on uh right next to him. Like there's like these um ropes that are holding things or like structures from the stadium that are like dotted and (laughs) scribbled. And it immediately reminded me of this interview that I saw, um, months ago. I want to say almost like a year ago, somebody hit me up on Facebook. They wanted to do an interview or something. And I'm like, uh, you, you seem to have me mistaken for somebody relevant. Um, and they 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 sent a or I, I looked through their page and one of one of like the other comic book interview that they had was with um the inker of this book mm. um his name is oh he's he was on the he was on the cover for for other books um Either but he, he was ink this book this one he, uh I I looked it up
0: I looked it up um I mean I I'm. Telling you the, the, in the
1: credits, Ethan Mascaver inked this. He inked the first issue? Oh, okay. I think, I think then he inked the second or or after. Because he was talking, basically, this inker was talking about I don't want to go off too hard yeah, on that. Yeah, Prentice Rollins comes in later. Okay. Well, he's talking about the fact that before, and he mentions Ethan by name, like before him having to ink this style. He could ink like two pages a day. Um, he could he could like inking was uh, financially viable, <laughs> and then he gets put on books like this, and Ethan's style or this kind of like excessive rendering becomes more and more popular. Basically, like the the shorthands of comics start disappearing. And Sorry about it.
0: <laughs> Who gives a fuck? I don't. Why are you talking about this fucking inker for?
1: Because I hate this like over overly dramatic rendering style. I'm not. I'm just I hate not a you. Fan. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh it, I guess I hate this panel less than the last panel of this page, which is legitimately how it looks fucked up.
0: I mean, he just looks like a chat again. you just being a hater.
1: He's. <laughs> he's not even looking at the same point in
2: space with both of well, his both of his eyes the the thing that's that's interesting to me about you know putting aside the 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 man ethan Van guy <laughs> um mm-hmm. his art style uh is is like it, it 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 strikes me when he's when he's when he's working in this mode that like it's not he's he's not interested in telling a story about a a, a happy proud dude like it, it it's like, <laughs> like there are some expressions we'll get into later in other the ones where like dudes look you know like a little more anguish or pensive or under great sure. strain, but like there's a relaxed atmosphere uh to this scene that just does not feel natural for whatever Van skyver is doing for the rest of the book um which is yeah well, much I more think dramatic. I
0: think it's uh it's interesting because EBS is. A dude who, when he first came out, was doing, like, this cyber frog stuff. You know, he was one of the, like, Midwestern uh, indie comics people that were, like, you know, offshoots of, like, the Ninja Turtles guys, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, it it was when black and white sort of, you know, freak comics were, like, you know, in vogue and you could make some money doing that, I guess. Mm -hmm. And he drew more naturally in a cartoonier style. And this is him just going, like, well, this is going to make me money. This is what's going to get, like, doing this is what got him on X-Men. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I can see why he continued down this road, but I think the reason why it feels sort of uncomfortable is because I don't think he is genuinely, if, if he's going to draw, this isn't the the natural, this isn't what feels right for him. Mm-hmm. This is what he knows he has to do to be Ethan Van Skyfer. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and again, we'll talk about him, I think, as a person in a little bit. Yeah. Um, cause obviously he's a shithead. Right. So what's but, Hal Jordan
1: doing here on the field?
0: Yeah. Hal Jordan shows up just to be like, oh, what's up dudes <laughs> Like he's here for the game. Uh, but the problem is he's a ghost and he's not just a ghost. He's the spirit of vengeance. It's like it's the like ghost. A, yeah. He's the ghost. And he is basically like in the 1920s or thirties or whenever the fuck they made this, the spirit, uh, sorry, uh, the specter he uh was this the spirit of vengeance for god so he would see criminals and like give them ironic deaths like you know if somebody was like you know stealing cake he would like make them explode from the inside out you know something dumb like that it was always like haha like <laughs> you see what like you stole a car i mean you drive it off a cliff that kind of thing that's kind of like
2: a early Yu-Gi-Oh man before it became a card thing
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. No, I that first volume is great.
2: It's so good. Yeah. It's just a bunch of ironic sick it's he's like Saw, the the jigsaw from the Saw movies, but with games with actual <laughs> games.
1: I mean it's just basically a, a a card franchise. Yeah, exactly.
2: But um no, I kinda I love um I love Hal as the Spectre a little bit. Yeah. Uh I mean I love the I love. sorry, go ahead. No, I, I just love the idea of the Spectre and we'll probably I don't know if it comes up more in this comic, but just like uh, comes up, it comes up a little. Yeah, yeah there's going to be the scene with with Green Arrow. Yeah, but like I also like that Johns doesn't shy away from the fact that like, yeah, this is you know God is real in the DC universe, and <laughs> yeah. the Specter is his homie. You know, like it's his his foot soldier. <laughs> I love that he's like, oh, God's calling. It yeah, <laughs>
0: there.
2: There he says, "My Lord." It's
0: just <laughs> like, yeah. What what one of the things that's a a, a classic Jeff Johnsian kind of thing, by the way. Is like, there's so, there's, he's, he loves to do things that are very on the nose because he thinks it's like, oh, it's like symbolic, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, it's just like, it's like just too obvious. Like he's like, oh, you know, I used to come to these games with my dad back in the day and, you know, we'd watch the home team Coast City Angels, you know, cause he's an angel now. <laughs> and the motto was aim for the stars. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Come on. Like, why would the <laughs> angels, why wouldn't it be aim for the heavens? Like, you're just saying stars because he was in space, but come on, like, stop playing with me.
1: So, anyways. They say like that, that with, stuff... like, a dude's crotch behind him.
2: Oh, yeah. It That's sounds like the, crotch his too. crotch is talking. His dick is telling him to aim for the stars. <laughs> you hear him. Um, also, work,
3: oh, for the stars.
2: Does, it, does it look like. Does this look like in the panel right above that? Does it look like the the Yankees? symbol kind of cut off a little bit i
1: think they're in yankee stadium right
0: are they yankee stadium i i think so because he says the yanks beat the bo Sox or something
2: okay yeah yes yeah though they're in the bronx you're right okay i missed that it's it's also in the bronx right here yeah
0: hey the bronx
1: (laughs) (laughs) but things things take a turn right he can't he can't just enjoy himself yeah he
0: can't what i love about it is when he shows up he immediately like feels like it's going to be like when I get out of quarantine where I see my friends and I'm just going to be like, oh, this is great. I got to go. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, he goes there and everybody confesses their sins to him and he's just like, this is this is too much. I'm out of here.
1: This is also like a, a Ramon Villalobos experience. This
2: is just just everybody... people confess their sins to you?
0: Yeah. A lot of people do be confessing their sins to me and I don't understand why. Just <laughs>
2: Just cancel me, daddy.
0: <laughs> you know, that scene definitely reminds me of uh, why I don't leave the house. Uh, it's, it really is the burden of being like at peace with yourself. What, what happens to him there? <laughs> like he's chilling. That man looks calm. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is tripping. I got to go. Fuck this. So anyways, yeah, we cut to the next scene. We got green arrow and Mia again, like, you know, green arrow. Cause he's in the classic green arrow suit, but Mia, you have to read green arrow for that one. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, they don't really explain that it's speedy that mm. she's got aids that it's the 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 teen sex worker that that green arrow brought in off the streets to to help her out wow. all that stuff
2: wouldn't have guessed any of that
1: <laughs> this is all news to me so so green arrow is you don't know who for... you don't know who mia is no no <laughs> bruh come on i'm
2: the only one this is she wasn't she wasn't an in injustice too so i don't i don't fucking know
1: <laughs> credit credit to johns that he didn't give her like a paragraph explaining all that in this book i feel like it, <laughs> it would have happened
0: yeah that's her deal um she's his sidekick but they you know so it was from the kevin smith uh run oh, oh interesting. interesting kevin smith phil hester legendary
1: we gotta do another uh, green arrow episode I at we really point. do because I love Green Arrow.
0: I, what I don't like is that he's completely apolitical in this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: he's definitely he's an at brunch lib in this one. <laughs> like they get he get uh, Johns includes the angry part, but sort of like nixes the lib.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> he's just you know uh, an angry archer.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they're about to go do their thing, and, it's, uh, Black, Hand breaks into the into the building now black hand is a very important character for jeff johns's run for for green arrow mm. uh, for green lantern and this sets the whole thing up are you like, shitting me are you serious do you have you ever heard of a uh, blackest night yeah I, I, yes. i've
1: seen that
0: mm-hmm. yeah blackest night is all like it all spins from out of this okay oh man and blackest night was like a a universe-wide like major yeah, the major event, Black Lanterns. So,
1: it was like sort yeah. of almost like the Marvel zombies of DC, right? Right.
0: Yeah, and it was and it was real. There were real stakes. It wasn't just like a fantasy version of it. Yeah, like, that seemed like a cool yeah. real
2: zombies, a cool story. Um, oh, God, but um. you tell you, you telling me <laughs> that this guy uh, was is important is is yeah. like you could be pulling my leg and I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I see
1: so many things. I see so many things in this book, and a little bit further is. Is, yeah, putting your house in order, but, like, setting in motion all the things that would become, like, Green Lantern lore for uh, basically, like, a decade after this, right? Yeah.
0: No, I mean, he was on it for a long fucking time. But, you know, again, like, sort of weird full circle moments. Like, this was the book that I got when I first started reading comics, right? Mm -hmm. And then by the time Blackest Night is, like, out, like, the last issue dropped when I was in San Francisco for WonderCon and I went to the panel where they were like, we did it. <laughs> it was, like we fucking, we pulled it off. And like, I think Jeff Johns was there. And like, at, by that point he was the biggest name in comics. Yeah. Like bar none. And I went to the panel. I went to every DC panel and I just remember thinking like, I might trip into that book. Kind of suck? Like, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, I loved it as I was reading it, but as it ca- after it came out, I was like, "Wait this this is not good." <laughs> like Jeff Johns overreached. Like that that book explains that the whole emotional spectrum that he creates in this issue and these six issues is like it ties he ties it into the Bible. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, first there was willpower, then there was like. You know, then there was fear because of the dark and then there was uh, there like, you know, he goes he goes through the like the emotional spectrum of showing how everything was created like like rage is is uh, Adam and not that's Adam. that's man. Um,
2: that's so funny, like because he can't he can't just have a good idea. He has to have the first goes, idea the he goes super hard. The, yeah. And that's what <laughs> that's what also reminded me of like
0: Jordan Peterson and stuff is like he's like this isn't just a story it is all stories it mm-hmm. is the story yes it is it is morality and it's all tied together in the matrix of <laughs> of of human consciousness um it's like very hungian you know yeah. or youngian whatever it is yeah
2: so it's all that, that and and blackhand right here
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he breaks in he's just a goon with like a detector for a green lantern oh <laughs> And he he immediately rushes down to Green Arrow's basement because Hal Jordan he did give Green Arrow a ring. You learn that again. Green Arrow Archer's Quest, uh, that's the Brad Meltzer, uh, comic mm. where Green Arrow just goes on like a a road trip to like collect these artifacts from like his history so that he could propose
1: to Black Canary. That's not uh, good. Thank you for this context because honestly, <laughs> I would not have known any of this. This is good context for the reader and for us.
0: This is this is me like again, like if you would have talked to me in 2007, I would have told you what issue it was in. <laughs> this is like rusty DC history, you know. So yeah. So yeah, like, he
1: breaks in just willy-nilly
0: they, they kind of explain, like, how Jordan gave me this as, like, a breaking case of emergency thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I just thought it was so funny. This is the most powerful weapon in the universe. And how Jordan just broke one off for his boy. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, listen. I don't know what you're going to get up to. You can't even use this. It, it won't even react for you. But here, take this ring. It's kind of tight.
1: Man. Oh, I thought I thought it was more of a I – thought, I thought it was more of, like, uh, yo, I might get into trouble. I need you to hold this gun for me.
0: I mean, yeah, it is. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hold literally this piece. that.
0: That's exactly what it is. And that is insane.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh. So, yeah, he... Black Glove is trying to find that gun because he's got a little he's, gun detector. That
1: device is ridiculous. Like, is there any <laughs> yeah. explanation to just what it...
0: What it? That's a... Ni- it was a 1960s thing. Like, you know, he used to have... So, so before this, he used... To, like, before he gets his hand, like, burned off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to just have this little wand that would shoot out cosmic energy. you know, okay. It was not that. Yeah. okay. it was it was not it was not like a whole thing. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I, I mean he was a mm-hmm. there's a so there if you if you do read the Green Arrow Blackest Night, Jeff Johns has a pretty sweet backstory that Doug Monkey draws where this dude like is just shows how much he like hates his like family. and they he references it very like quickly in this but he's got he does not have a healthy relationship with his family and uh he kills himself with with that wand right there mm-hmm. and he gets brought back to life and uh by the universal embodiment of death or something mm-hmm. and he makes a costume out of like a body bag Jesus it's, it's fucking it's, <laughs> it's super fucking dark it's kind
2: of sick my um, costume's a body bag
0: yeah no it's so twisted like he's a I mean he's extremely death like I love I love Blackhand as like a nihilistic, you know, death crazed supervillain but mm-hmm. is just like mid mid tier <laughs> like a like a failure <laughs> but he's got like the coolest aesthetic.
2: Yeah. Um that's fun though. That's the sort of shit that's only in comic books. That's that's why they're fun.
0: Yeah, totally. Um so yeah, Green Arrow shoots him in the hand. He's like don't, don't drop the fucking ring and then hal comes out and he's like hey do- step back i got this because of course he's the specter and he burns the dude's fucking
2: hand
1: off <laughs> <That's>... immediately yeah <laughs> immediately
2: just hey bet uh, hey bud just came by I gotta nuke this guy's hand real quick yeah and i love it too because
0: like all all of- queen green arrow was like what are you doing mm-hmm. and he's just like i'm doing my thing <laughs> this is what i what's <laughs> this is what specter does and uh yeah he, he he melts off the dude's hand turns it into coal he's
1: he's doing like the specter uh thing of like bringing up all of your history and life yeah <laughs> it's it's not it's like you know that that's, he's that's up where trauma. they that's where they talk about his like family beef and mm-hmm. everything that he's doing He's sort of like bring, yeah. bringing out all of those things to i guess punish him
0: so i've i've kind of been apologetic for EVS's art in this book. I think that's fair to say.
3: Uh, yeah. That panel, sure.
0: that panel where he's looking up at him and, uh, he's got like the, it's like the, the hor the long panel with like the, the arrow through his hand and, uh, like specters reaching towards black. Lo- it looks fucking awful. <laughs> it's like a fucking terrible hand. It's a terrible pose.
1: Hal Jordan looks like kind of like a caterpillar with his body. The so arrow long. is
0: goofy. Yeah, he's got the long body. He's got the longest dick of all time. Not like, (laughs)
1: like he has abs all the way down to his dick.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's insane. (laughs) And his dick goes down to like his knee. It's crazy. Weird. It doesn't make any sense. It's and and, like it's funny because like he knows how to do like little like little tricks that will like impress a certain type of comic fan, which is just like folds. You know, like it's Mm -hmm. very Mm spawny kind of shit. Yeah. And he he just like will will fucking spam that, and just have the worst composition, the worst anatomy. Like uh, if, if both if you go to that the, whole page, that whole page is whack. If you
1: go to the page before when 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 Blackhand gets his hand arrowed to the wall, like I I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of like the Hawkeye initiative type thing, but the way Green Arrow is aiming versus the way Mia is aiming is <laughs> yeah. is pretty wild
0: this man has the widest stance of all time
1: <laughs> green arrow is power posing like this is the h- yeah. most power pose you can get but no the that that page
0: is not great but the one with the hand, yes like the one where he where green arrow is reacting to it too absolutely got dog shit looking page um it's got thin thin uh, calf just weird pinky out uh <laughs>
1: Not Nobody holds arrow. an arrow like that,
2: a uh, bow and arrow. <laughs> or a bow. He's kind of has the the, the the bow, like, he's grasping, like, the OK symbol, kind of.
1: like <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, Green Arrow's doing, like, it's... a call me sign while yeah. <laughs> when he's holding the arrow.
0: The whole thing is bad. Not not one part of that is good. Not one part of this page is good. Three panels only, and each one of them is a miss. It's unfortunate, because my guy was cooking in early parts of this. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Daniel's like,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, tell, us, <laughs> tell us more about your guy.
2: <laughs> no it's Not my guy.
0: He's a piece of dog shit. But I mean, I, listen, I can't
1: lie. Like, yeah, no, you're being objective. You're being objective about the art. I'm. Being... I'm not doing this
0: podcast of like judging him as a person. I already said he's a piece of shit. Yeah. But some of this art, though, he was cooking. Not all of it. <laughs> okay. Most of it, no. But <laughs> mm-hmm. there is a part coming up that I'm gonna say that I really like. But it's not this part. Okay. So, anyways, yeah. How Jordan's like, damn, my bad.
2: <laughs> Sorry also, about your hand, bro.
1: Green Arrow's like, what'd you do? <laughs> yeah, he's getting drawn with like psycho expressions for a couple more Yeah, moments. because,
0: yeah, he because, so here's what we don't, here's what happens later in the story is what we learn about him is that there are three, you know how they say there's like two wolves inside of him and <laughs> you have to beat one of them? <laughs> there are, you know, you're right. Three, <laughs> there are three souls inside of him. Of how right now, there's regular him, which is just like a dude that loves his dad, and boy, could his dad drive. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there was, there is, uh, the specter who is uh just totally God obsessed, just a,
2: <laughs> just
0: a real religious nut job, just
2: a Westboro Baptist Church as a superhero kind of.
0: Yeah, just like a dude who just like, oh, God wouldn't like that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he has a
1: very narrow niche. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's, he has a he has a real church lady energy about him.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we gotta get that revenge. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, there's a evil, uh, intergalactic embodiment of all fear, and it's in the form of this, like reptilian parasite thing. It's I, let's like... call it a chaos
2: dragon. Yeah, just for... yeah, <laughs> kind of like a cockroach, kind of like a lizard it Uh, looks
0: absolutely insane it's it's fucked up man it's a design i like by the way i think (laughs) (laughs) again like evs is a bad dude but he knows how to draw ugly things really well Mm -hmm. and that is one thing that i relate to him with is i feel like i also draw ugly things pretty good you know Mm -hmm. i think this man like mostly all he can draw is ugly shit so when the thing has to be ugly it's he, he kicks it he nails it every time yeah so every time he has to draw Parallax, this ugly, disgusting, hideous looking thing, he's like, got it. Easy. <laughs> when he has to draw Carol Ferris, like an absolute babe, a, a NorCal 10. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anytime he has to draw like a normal face, it, it's, it's a, painful. It's the whole right. <laughs> Yeah, it's painful. He, does, he
0: has good. no
2: idea where to start. <laughs> it get, things
0: get a little evil, a little twisted. <laughs>
2: But I love this this panel here where, like, he's, like, Spectre's barely in the frame, and it's just, like, teeth in an eye, man. Like, I mean, it's total spawn mode. Yeah, it's extremely spawn shit. Um, and, like, I love that when, when like, because it it feels like something that's not allowed in a superhero book. But, yeah. like, there it is. But then he'll draw that really interesting drawing, and, like, at the corner.
1: Yeah. Like... On, like on the edge of the page, like there's mm-hmm. so many things where like you could have just rolled it an <laughs> inch. Oh, listen to you digital
0: motherfucker. Yeah, that, no, oh, sorry. Why did sorry. you just I... click paste drag? Fuck off. Yeah. He, this man <laughs> really drew this, okay? He was really about that life. What what were you doing?
1: I, I was I was probably not yeah, cleaning uh, your room. <laughs> definitely not cleaning my room. You didn't have your life in order. <laughs> all right all right let's let's let that slide being a
0: (laughs) neo-marxist
1: i was absolutely uh going through high school which is that trash fire anyway so
0: so how jordan's like i gotta go
1: (laughs) just by the way this isn't me i'm not doing this (laughs) i didn't do that It's wasn't it's incredibly, me. like, toxic. Yeah, but the uh, Shaggy,
0: it wasn't me. wasn't me. <laughs>
1: Got me burning off your hand. Wasn't Immediately me. after doing it, too. Like, it's not like you're talking about, like, just past actions or, like, God. being under the influence. Of, he literally, like, incinerates the Black Hand's hand. He's Doesn't, like, that, I didn't do that. wasn't me. Doesn't
0: explain it either. Just is like, gotta go. And then they're just like, what was
1: that? <laughs> and I mean, Black Hand's fine. Aside from the hand thing, I mean,
0: he got his hand cut off, but he, you know, he it was
1: cauterized. That was polite. He's got um, another one. He could still like grab the dongle or whatever yeah. the hell he had. Yeah.
0: I mean, what we'll learn is that he has like a phantom hand, and it's, it's kind of neat. But, anyways,
1: yeah, Green Arrow's like,
0: Shh, sorry, that is my guy. Like the way, <laughs> the way, <laughs> like, yep, yeah, that's my boy. My bad. You know, he sometimes he, <laughs> he acts does like that. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's
1: not him. You don't know the real him. <laughs> you don't know the real <laughs> him.
0: That's not really who he is. Trust he's me.
1: He's actually
2: kinda me. sweet, you know?
1: Like, <laughs> when you once you once you know him.
0: It's like <laughs> you invite your friend over, they act crazy and then they leave, and he's like, Yeah, I mean you know, it is what it is. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me this dude wasn't being an asshole, he tried to rob my ring. That was a friendship ring given to me by my friend, okay? <laughs>
3: he he had a point. He had a point.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And then they give us like they give us a a classic, uh, Green Arrow just interacting with things with his arrow. Yeah, I mean you have to do that. <laughs> it's a, it's I, a great shot.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. So then we cut to Warriors. The boys are back <laughs> in town. <laughs> <laughs> They're in New York City at at the Warriors Bar and Grill. Guy Dedicated Gardner to is, Green Lantern. Guy Gardner is totally a guy who would own a bar and grill.
2: Yeah, he 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 pretty much has like a Hard Rock Cafe is what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, for Green oh. Lantern, a superhero But for Green Lantern liked. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has a statue of a
0: fucking dude who everybody knew was fucked up. <laughs> and it's like, no, that guy was
3: cool.
1: And he it's says like, it's like his Confederate statues, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, just trying, there. I'm just
0: trying to show the history of it. You don't understand. Like, you weren't there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Heritage. You know, that. Yeah. Not... He he did a lot of good things. We get
0: more emotional exposition, which is again exactly what I love about comics—just people talking about their feelings.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that's great. Um, and Then Guy Gardner has a total alpha brain freakout. Uh, he whatever Joe Rogan takes, that's what he fucks up with. <laughs> yeah. Is it T R T? Whatever, like he gets, he goes absolutely sicko mode. Maybe His body, maybe.
1: Uh, guy was reacting to toxic amounts of meat consumption. <laughs> <laughs> he had taken so much meat that his his body just
2: started to attack him. He's just, like, sweating more meat. He's got, like, the back knee. He's got m- m- excessive muscles. Yeah, his, so uh, he...
0: His, his fucking, whatever, Vulnerian DNA or whatever, <laughs> it supercharges, and he starts growing guns out of his arms, which is must have been jarring if you didn't know that that that's what he did (laughs) as warrior yeah he just got
1: buff in the first uh, moment if you have no idea what the fuck is going on he's like holy shit his arms are exploding
0: yeah his arms like would turn into guns and that was his whole deal Uh, part of some alien race like the thing is he was he had alien DNA and then this book is like no he didn't (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm making a decision to not do that anymore because I want him to be Green Lantern, right? And but you have to wipe that off the board. So that's why I say like this is one of the scenes where I'm like this has got to be jarring for people. Like why does he grow veiny like dick guns on his arms? Like it must be
2: weird as shit. Um, Yeah, it's like existence, like fleshy. (laughs) Yeah, Cronenberg It's it's a bit like Videodrome.
0: Yeah, it's gross. Um, (laughs) Like. But, you know, Jeff Johns, he has to like wipe off those like 20 to 25 years of really bad but accepted continuity so that mm. he could make like the new clean, sleek, modern version of, of the thing that he likes, which is an old thing that that never really existed. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it that the comic that he is talking about loving never happened like that. How Jordan was not a guy like <laughs> yeah. I, I know because I read the silver age green lantern comics <laughs> like they when they started putting them out in showcase presents i'm like i gotta read these these are better fucking tight looking you know and mm-hmm. I, I would read them at community college i remember when the first one dropped i got it at barnes and noble off the little cart that they had I, I waited for them to shelve it and i was like man this thing is not out yet and then i saw it in the aisle and i just like swooped on it took it up front to buy it and would just like sit outside my classes listening to like depeche mode and reading these 1960s comics that were like, oh sorry, I thought I heard something mm-hmm. that were like really, really weird and like you know, kind of like uh, what's the dude name, uh, the Madman guy, uh,
2: uh Mike Allred, like Mike Hamm. Allred,
0: real Mike
1: Allred, guinea <laughs> type shit. What's up? I, I thought you were talking about John Ham, like Madman. It was also that. It was like it was literally. Ju- it was literally
0: Mad Men meets Mad Man. <laughs> like, it, it was awesome. It was a great comic, but it was not like him being a nineteen forties superhero, which is what Jeff Johns like imagines. He was like a nineteen sixties Playboy. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, it, some it's kind weird. of like some kind of a patriotic icon. Like all this imagery that they're that they are are creating for Hal is a hype that is completely like contextless. Yeah. And what,
0: what, what it's, what's funny about this scene specifically is like Jeff Johns has to explode and burn down like a kitschy dive bar and grill so that he could put up a franchise like a McDonald's, you know, (laughs) like the reason why I loved Green Lantern was all of this weird shit, you know, like Mm -hmm. the warrior stuff, the fact that, you know, John Stewart was in a wheelchair and then like the uh, Kyle Rayner became Ion and he got all of the Green Lantern energy floating in space put inside of him became a god and said you know what i'm going to make my friend not handicapped anymore i'm going to make him like just walk around like normal mm-hmm. and so he like did that and then superman was like you got to chill out dude I-, I liked all the weird shit and this was like what if instead of the weird shit we just have a bland sort of corporate accepted like something that you could make a movie out of
1: yes you know mm-hmm. um um in this in uh, like right after his hands start erupting that you get that panel where he's like his face is essentially exploding. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's,
0: it's sorry, real quick, but it's sort of like what they did with like the Marvel universe, like the, the way everything is sort of like a formula of, for success. Like they were doing that with the DC books. Like they had a very specific way that they told those stories and these characters where there was like, you know, show early trauma mixed with like, you know, some weird daddy or mommy issue. And uh, just like, very straightforward like superhero shit and like you know it's big screen comics that were like very deliberately told efficient and jeff johns was like really good at it you know he did it in the flash he's doing it here but it this scene is sort of just emblematic of i like where when i'm you know 15 16 and i read some weird shit about like wait what happened in issue like 360 whatever like you know, Green Lantern came out of the shower and found, I mean, he came home and some dude had just got done fucking his girlfriend. Like, why did that happen? (laughs) Like, that's the stuff that I'm, like, interested in, right? This, Mm -hmm. like, the sort of standard rote superhero stuff is less interesting to me. You know? But anyways, yeah, that ends it. You're talking about his head exploding, Daniel?
1: (laughs) Oh, no, yeah, but to your point, um, this, the the John's method kind of became like the playbook. Yeah, um, it happened then with the Flash series as well. If I feel like the Flash series kind of like did better than the Green Lantern movie at at uh, at that. But no, nah, I was I was just gonna make a joke about how <laughs> this face. Yeah, that's why I like uh, oh God, I almost didn't want to like get back to the point, but it's just funny because it all it feels very realistic to the bar going experience. If you've drank in too much, that's what you look like by the end of it. <laughs> It's usually like that face but in front of a toilet you're just yeah. exploding
2: where like the lights coming out of his eyes. His <laughs> exactly.
1: <mouth. laughs>
0: so two I mean, pilots are flying over what was formerly Co City they're like oh can we even fly over that cuz uh, you know the big explosion everybody mm-hmm. died. Um I think they nuked it. I think that was it was just straight up like it was nuked. Yeah they're ex-
1: um, they're explaining it to the reader there.
0: Yeah. And then they fly over and again, like, you see this sign, which is, you know, sort of like 1940s military <laughs> shit. Like, I get it, Coast City was... But that thi- Like, Hal Jordan was more like Captain Kurt than, like, a straight-laced mm-hmm. dude. He would do shit... Like, one of my favorite early Green Lantern stories was where it's a leap year. So a leap year, women can propose to men on, on that day. So... Hal Jordan is like, fuck, I'm going to go out and everyone's going to want to marry me. <laughs> so he's avoiding hanging out with any women. And then he sees Carol Ferris and he's like, all right, I guess I'll go on a date. And he, so he goes as Green Lantern. They're on a date and or no, I think he's maybe he's regular. Hal. I can't remember right now that part. But the point is, he see, he senses that she's about to propose to him. So he creates a giant monster with his ring to start walking towards the power plant. So he's like, oh, oh, I would marry you, but I got to go stop that monster. (laughs) And then, he gets hit in the back of the head by a kid's remote control, like, airplane, gets knocked unconscious, (laughs) and then, like, uh, has to wake up barely in time to save the monster that he created so that he can avoid getting married to his girlfriend. That's an absolute sick fucking story. That's not the kind of adventures that Jeff Johns was like pretending that we're being told
1: that sounds like uh adventures of actual joe biden (laughs) absolutely (laughs) like i'm i'm sorry ma'am i'd love to massage your shoulders but i gotta back in the good old days
0: women would marry men on leap year everybody knows that i mean come (laughs) on man. here's the deal
1: (laughs) we're in the future now you can't do
0: it (laughs) so anyways uh we cut to bell reeve in louisiana uh Hector Hammond is here big disgusting freak head someone well, again, that if
1: you don't read the comics, this is irrelevant <laughs> like if this is your Absolutely. introduction to Green Lantern, you're like, who, yeah who was this ugly dude? Mm-hmm. yeah, it's so fucking
0: gross. he's such a and again, this is a thing that uh, that EVs is gonna excel at drawing a big gross big headed dude that's his that's his lane right there anyways, we cut to green we'd cut to uh, another gross thing. And this is also the first real, like, good, disgusting body horror that EBS does in this book, mm-hmm. which is, again, the parts of this book that I think are great is when it's like how Jordan pulling apart his body into three sections. And, like, it's just weird and gross and, you know, just ugly. Like, I love that shit when he does it in, in here. Yeah, uh, to it came out nice. honest.
1: I- I'm going I'm to I'm give you that there are things that were interestingly drawn. Just being honest
0: with the, with our listeners, I'm not gonna lie to you and say EVS can't draw at all. It's just not true. People say that, and I'm like, if you tell him to draw something absolutely fucking disgusting,
2: he's gonna nail it. Yeah, this this is gross, dude, and I'm I'm, I'm into it. Uh, it's is it, he's like inside out kind of, but not really. It's like his skeleton. Yeah,
0: like his body was exploding. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's yeah. saying that his body and his organs are twisting inside his shape shifting body fighting with him he's giving me a
1: gorilla in hollow man vibes yes totally like gorilla in hollow
0: man good body horror so uh yeah so that's happening and then we get the hater of the year (laughs) 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 the hater of the year just stalking around in all black batman is in the is in the building and he's just like Hal Jordan. That's your boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is this that's... is me with the EVS art. He's <laughs> just <laughs> like disgusted.
0: Can't believe you like this. I'm like, I mean, you had to be there.
2: <laughs> it's it's like, and and this is still on the page with uh, Guy Gardner, like laid out on the table or whatever. Yeah. But like in that small panel uh, towards the bottom, he just has like this petulant, like he's stomping off out of the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just awkward. so pissed. <laughs> like,
0: he's, uh, you know, Batman is c- he's cynical. He's postmodernist. He's challenging. He's manipulative.
1: <laughs> this book hates Batman. It really this does. Book really does hate
0: Batman. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, I mean, it's 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 a funny trick that they try to do, which is like Batman's in all black until they shine a light on him, and mm-hmm. you see he's just a human or whatever. Yeah, but it's so it's so badly done by EVS. <laughs> yes, because he yeah. doesn't have him standing in a shadow. He just has him as, as spotted black.
1: He's like an unlock uh, locked character.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's new cybot. <laughs> it's it's bizarre that he they would even do that. Honestly, like like have him mostly in shadow. Like you still get the effect, just don't see his face. But yeah. instead, it's like he's just walk, wandering around a well
2: lit room. He's in just, a just pitch black. Yeah, they just it's, really it's, want him to look like a pervert, you know. Like he's <laughs> he's just like really fucking like I don't know, uh, monologuing almost. Um, yeah, but I
0: mean, you know, he's saying things that are true, which is like we can't trust this dude. Like mm-hmm. he's probably a piece of shit. Still, his mm-hmm. body is pro like it's probably just that you know, uh, he he has the specter. And Parallax or whatever, like, now that he's got that host, he's just going to kill everybody. Which is fair, because last time he tried to do that.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. in any other situation, uh, Batman is right. Yeah. It just looks like a a lantern right
2: now. Like, like the art is completely undercutting everything he's saying. um, In a way, that's very funny to me.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, they they see that, like, uh,
2: whatever is causing
0: all these explosions and stuff. It's not being very subtle. Like, it's bringing back only Hal Jordan's apartment building, and they're leaving a statue despite all the rubble around
1: when the Warriors bar exploded. Oh, um, yeah. That statue, by the way. Yes. Um, is, is hilarious just because, like, this is the first statue I've ever seen with spot blacks. <laughs> <laughs> that uh,
0: related the way evs does all spot black no no rendering at all Mm -hmm. inside the black of the green lanterns i always thought that was cool too.
1: it it is cool but it just looks really ridiculous on a statue in a a later in a later issue of i think
0: green lantern like just the main green lantern book that came after this that carlos pacheco did Mm -hmm. i think there's a there's a pretty sure there's a line where they explain that like the black part is like cold it's like the the void of space or whatever and the green part is like really warm and like you know electric feeling. I always thought that was cool to, when they explain
1: stuff like that. Yeah, that is cool. It is a it good graphic th- element. element. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's a good graphic element. Nobody ever did it. Like I always thought, like Ivan Reyes' stuff would be cooler if it was just spotted blacks on the black parts instead of you know what he does. Which you know I like. I like Ivan Reyes better than Ethan Skyver, but I just like that one thing that EVS does that I like. Anyways. Uh, yeah, Batman's hating. He's also, by the way, he's breaking rule number nine, which is assume the person you are listening to might know something you don't. <laughs> Batman breaks pretty much every one of these rules, <laughs> except for 10, which is be precise in your speech. Batman says what's on his mind. Yeah, that's true. However, Batman breaks rule number eight, which is tell the truth or at least don't lie. Like Batman lies to people all the time. Hmm. Also, he breaks number 11, which is don't bother children when they are skateboarding.
3: <laughs> and he also
0: Batman. Batman breaks rule number 12, which is pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. Again. And he'll he'll pet a cat woman.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What an actual (laughs) cat. He ain't fucking with that cat. Another. uh, These are also, again, like things you could be making up and I wouldn't know. (laughs) These are all real. (laughs) I believe you. But again, wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: anyways, we cut to. Yeah. Batman just continues his hater of the year award speech and john is like yo you're you are over familiar homie (laughs) 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 he shines a light on him breaks the mystique and is just like you know what i'm tired of your bullshit bro fuck that man's looking
1: like a golem like a like a weird squirmy dude when he's like really uh getting into it Mm -hmm. yeah like these these full silhouette shots are like how they illustrate like demons
0: they're really bad but they must have been great for deadline purposes. Yes. <laughs> Cuz like there's this page where he's all silhouette and it's just him and John Stewart having a conversation. Literally no backgrounds in the whole page. And so, then like, he... again, that must have been great for like I'm, I'm I don't have Prentice yet. <laughs> My guy's not on board yet. Um weird. Yeah. so anyways, weird
1: John's art thing Last thing I'll say, like, that panel that has, like, the Martian Manhunter, like, turning around while uh, Guy Gardner's on the operating table, why is Martian Manhunter's hand there? What's it (laughs) doing? What's it? (laughs)
0: yeah, he's, this man is not a a classic storyteller like us, dude.
1: It's just, it's just a very strange detail to add to sort of, like, that adds nothing and kind of makes the back, uh, the backdrop look really weird yeah so then we cut
0: to the last scene of the book which is carol ferris and she's just you know how she was simping over earlier she has been doing nothing but simping ever since it's raining she's just sitting in the middle oh of the God. rain laying on his on his airplane like taking a nap in the rain. It's like this. And uh, then...
2: That Hillary Duff song, uh, "Come Clean," right? That's that's, that's what's going on. <laughs> it's
0: a, it's a cold, long night. She's trying to get home. <laughs> it's a, she's doing the Avril. Avril, the Avril P- yeah. Avril. Uh, you know, take me by the hand, take me somewhere Where new. new.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> classic song. Wow. Why is everything so confusing? Yeah, I know that song. That, that's a good one. It's a, that's that's a beautiful It's definitely song. a ringtone. <laughs>
0: That's her. That's the meaty ringtone for sure, for sure. (laughs) And then, then Hal ends like a pimp, just saying "Hello, Carol."
1: (laughs) (laughs) He looks like he's about
0: to smash. Oh, he's (laughs) absolutely as even as a ghost. He's about to hit.
2: The cockpit's open, and the plane he's standing in front of.
0: Damn, little subtle, subtle imagery. Yeah, man. So that's issue number one of Green Lantern. What did we think? (laughs) yeah yeah josh what do you think
3: <laughs>
2: well i went ahead and read the rest of it oh, me I, too i like that more than i like yes
0: yeah, i was yeah the, the the later issues are much better i feel like you, you you shit on my guy my guy kyle but in issue three i feel like they do a lot to explain up. yeah when they do a lot to explain like what his deal is right here and like he's he's the he was They always say, like, oh, he was the best because not only was he around when nobody else was around, like, yeah, yeah, he's not your father, but he's, you know, he's around. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, (laughs) Not only that, but since he was he was a pussy, uh, he's the only one who knew, like, oh, if I'm a pussy, like, if I if I'm not scared anymore, that's how I overcome yellow and parallax. Like, I mean, it's, it's it's hard to break it down. What happens to the rest of this book? And like. Short thing because it's so continuity heavy, yeah. Yeah. But just the long and short of it is this Hal Jordan comes back to life because that pair that parallax demon space creature basically wanted to take over the spirit of vengeance. Batman was kind of right about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, nobody wants to give him credit (laughs) for the entire book, like, (laughs) nobody, yeah. And in fact, they even have a moment where they do a twist on like the classic scene where he punches out Guy Gardner with one punch mm-hmm. and instead how Jordan punches out Batman with one punch. <laughs> uh, it's like it's a lot of stuff like that. I've actually read an interview with Jeff Johns where he was talking about he's always felt like Batman was the perfect sort of counterbalance because he's about darkness and fear and how Jordan's the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, mean, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> It it just reeks of, like, no, we're as important as Batman. It's like, nah, not really. And I like Green Lantern. It was just a different thing, and you don't need to
2: be on par with or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pause for a second. I have to plug my laptop in. It's going to... Oh, for sure. Cool. Okay, sorry. Be right back.
1: You can, like, add real music if you want, because I'm not... I mean, you're killing it. Actually, I'm going to take the break, too.
0: I'm going to go grab some water. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, we'll come back. I'm
0: going to put a be-right-back message.
2: Hey. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Me too.
0: Daniel was doing something as well. I, I'm going to go grab a, a seltzer water. I forgot what we were talking about before. The <laughs> <morning>. <laughs> uh, what do you call it? Uh, I'll just—I'm just gonna say like, well, oh, let's do the wrap-up, and then we'll, it'll sound kind of natural. All right. One time he was gone, and he had to use the bathroom, mm-hmm. and he felt so bad about it because he just felt like he left the showdown. <laughs> <laughs> Because the previous episode, he had used the bathroom, and I just spent the entire time he was gone making fun of him. <laughs> I was like, he was gone, and I was just like, what do you think his shit sounds like? <laughs> like if it was a hu- if it was like a human, and me and my uh, me and the person that was the guest was Sophie Campbell. I was like, make some fart noises, and I'll just do like a the voice of Daniel's poop. <laughs> I was just, it was so stupid, but he, and you know. I think he was embar- I think he wanted me to cut it and I'm like, I'm leaving that in. That's hilarious. That's a great bit. <laughs> we back.
2: Oh yeah. 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 I was just I'm talking about to-
0: last time you took a break to take a shit. I <laughs> did a whole thing. Yeah. I did um, a whole bit that was hilarious. And that you it didn't was uh
1: like. it was like a one minute shit apparently. <laughs> but it was hilarious and you didn't like it. I didn't at all. <laughs> because actually, I I just think it's slander because I never fart. I've never farted a day in my life. And Ramon added, "Hang on, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, I I I don't mean literally. I just feel like I save all my farts for when I'm like I don't I don't like fart out in
2: public, basically. God, I mean, yeah. God bless. I mean, I try not to.
1: And I mean, I've definitely, and so uh, I've definitely had in the episode times." Ramon definitely added the most insulting uh, fart sound effects to me be stepping out for less than a minute yeah got
0: butchered well let's do the number let's do let's do our like wrap-ups do you have anything to say Daniel about this episode uh uh,
1: yeah uh about this issue about the concept of this series this is basically what I what I was going to say before but um so much of this book is hard exposition yeah and it it ends up giving me like uh there's always like the adage of show don't tell Mm -hmm. but uh, this kind of goes beyond that in in that it gives me like the worst comics guy vibes where they're trying to like a random comics guy is like telling you about why uh, uh a character is awesome and they will tell you like their entire lore.
0: Isn't that what I did? Sort of. But it, <laughs> this is this is a much more
1: I obnoxious bad news for version you. Of that in the <laughs> wow. in the comic book. <laughs> like I don't sorry, I
0: didn't mean to cut you off.
1: I don't need, I don't, I don't need that much. And I, like, I understand what this comic book functions as. Like, Mm -hmm. this, this feels like uh, a necessary thing that uh, DC thought uh, had to happen so that the Green Lantern brand could be brought into the, 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 the rest of the world. Um, But... I think that it fails as an actual comic, especially this first issue, which is literally all uh, set up and explanation for things that I don't necessarily like care about. I, I, I wish there had been more characterization that would make me want to find out more about this character aside from like this Americana perfect dad, Hal Jordan type figure. Um, Come on, man. uh, Like this, this, this character is, is not interesting on his own. Like by, by the time, like they develop everything out with the rest of the issues, um, you have no better understanding of the character other than the fact that he is just the guy. He's the guy. Mm -hmm. He's the one guy who can really get it done when nobody else could get it done. And I guess this sort of, like, universal importance of the character kind of kills the the fun, basically. Mm -hmm. When you have uh, an entire universe scope concept like the guardians who were like immortal since the beginning of time and everything that's happening is now riding on the shoulders of this hunk of burning love that just can't quit <laughs> i'm not like i'm not invested in any way I, I i like my stakes lower um i like characters like i I like the the Ryan Reynolds in in the movie in that sense. Like he seems he seems a little bit more uh fun. At, le- at least he has a, a personality thanks to I guess Ryan Reynolds only doing one character in everything he's ever been in. But yeah, I I, I understand it, this book's significance. I just can't um, I. It, <laughs> I I don't I don't want to like meander. It uh, just good wasn't job. nailed it. <laughs> 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 it. It just it just wasn't doing uh, anything for me. And art wise, I guess I I I grew a little bit of an appreciation. But I see I see this as like the worst excesses. Like personally projecting here, I see this as like the worst excesses of what detail for detail's sake does to art. And it makes me want to pull back. It makes me want to simplify my art because I don't want to ever get to this point.
3: Mm.
0: Okay, what about you, Josh?
2: <laughs> well, I mean... Maybe you have something better to say than that. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> details are good. My, my problem is, like, this comic wants me to root for a man who I have never in my life looked up to right Mm. like i i hal jordan is is uh, like a dad without children uh like
0: (laughs) just like i don't but if he had a son he would be a beautiful boy he
2: he would (laughs) (laughs) and it's just sort of like i don't know like um what do you call it uh it's it's sort of like this very like paternal energy, like, like longing for, and I, yeah. it's sort of like, you know, the, the, this is like a, a, a trope now and like TV shows and stuff like that. But just like, you know, the kid who grew up wishing that like, uh, what's his name? um, Andy Griffith was his dad, you know? Yeah. uh, And, and like, it gives that sort of energy, but I don't have that affection for Andy Griffith, you know? Yeah. Um, right. I, uh, you know, I, I understand, you know, the idea of like wanting, not having a father and like wanting that sort of like leadership figure in your life or, or wanting a better one. Um, but like that energy is not in this story. It's just, you know, giving it to you. Um, and uh, it, it sucks. It sort of like takes the, takes the rug out from from what's going on here. People just telling you about this guy and um he doesn't he, he doesn't seem that great you know
0: yeah i like similar to the joe biden <laughs> the joe biden primary run yeah yeah exactly but i could see i could see how jordan going like in brightest day brightest <laughs> night. <laughs> come on man you know the thing <laughs> i think I like
1: think, uh like the most joe biden thing is is hal's sort of like making a big uh C- character assessment about the way his dad wears a jacket. mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like man, my dad had a leather jacket. Boy, he wore it right. I still. I he wore that jacket. They don't wear him like that no more. And I still <laughs> wear that yeah. jacket. It was up to his collar, but it was open, <laughs> <laughs> so you could feel him. Wow. Anyways, yeah. I mean, he's a very he's a very Joe Biden. Dude, it's like that's why you know you were reading Green Lantern Rebirth and you think, oh, this is like going to be some maga comic, and there's some definite Jordan Peterson vibes to it, but it's not very maga at all. Like it's much more Joe Bideny, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it's sort of what do you call even, it? Even even with like the identity politics of his homies around him and everything. Yeah, there's there's definitely like. I'll oh, go ahead, man. I got a black friend. I got a Mexican friend. <laughs> I got friends all over the place, but. <laughs>
1: I've, I in, even know it's, a
0: red-haired it's, fella. In sector two, in sector two eight one four, man, the girls. Well, I, I won't get into it. I'll just, just be,
2: and you know I'm real because I am tracked to Oa every day.
0: And, yeah, yeah, I had sex with Erisia. Yeah, she was only sixteen at the time, but it was a different time in America. Jeez. Great times. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts before I get into mine?
2: Uh, I mean that's that's sort of like the, the the nutshell, right? It's sort of like that 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 centrism that you don't really need because everyone's already kind of mild. Um, yeah. Uh, I do I do like that like this comic doesn't explain a whole lot, but it does yeah. endeavor to show the ways that some of these these Green Lanterns are different, right? Which is like something a lot of you know I feel like people come into this stuff cold will will like write off. Um, like uh, the the shot of John Stewart in flight. You know, everything's kind of like architectural. Everything was kind of like a blueprint. Um, right. That's
0: that's rule seven: pursue what is meaningful,
2: not what is expedient.
0: <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> like, um, really shows the twelve rules through uh through the the power rings. Um. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Like again, it's it's just sort of like um, things happening doesn't tell a story, but. Like yeah. as it goes on, enough things happen that you can sort of like grab onto one, and it feels a bit like a roller coaster, um, and that's cool. But right now, yeah, I, yeah, mm, I don't know, man. It's a better series <laughs> than it is a single mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, for, for sure. sure.
0: I want to. I want to I wanna run through my my thing. Mm-hmm. No then, interruptions. Uh, we'll, I then promise. Then... Thank you, I appreciate that. Last time he interrupted me,
1: it completely killed my steam. Like, <laughs> the, the, like there was theme music that was starting when he was like really getting into the thesis of everything, and I just kept fucking I, it up. And I'm sorry, and I won't start,
0: do it. He started repeating himself from something he had already said, and I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> after the after my little bit, because I, 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 you know, I like to cook a little. I like mm-hmm. to say some things. After that, I want to run through all twelve rules for light. Okay. In this book. And we could just show the examples that Jeff Johns used to to highlight that. Sounds good. Uh, we already talked about some, so we'll just you know reflect on that. But so here's my breakdown. Um, it's funny because like we were talking about Jordan Peterson, and this man was in a straight coma <laughs> for like not not that long ago, and this man's kind of having a little rebirth of his own right now. Uh, he's, he's making the rounds now that he's alive and in conscience again. <laughs> and, uh, but the times have changed since he fell into that coma. And instead of going on like, you know, Joe Rogan and, you know, these different intellectual podcasts, like Sam Harris podcast or whatever the fuck, uh, now he goes on like Andrew Schultz podcast. And, uh, it reminded me, uh, one of the quotes he says on there reminded me of this, this run. Where he says, the mimicry of greatness uh, is what like a lot of modern masculinity is, right? But greatness deserves power because you want the powerful to be great. Who else would you want to lead you? And it's just like a complete defense of the meritocracy, right? It's just <laughs> empty-headed bullshit. That's the literal quote that he says in, in the Andrew Schultz podcast about being a man today. Um, <laughs> and Andrew Schultz is like, yeah. I mean, there was one of the things that he did on there that was literally Andrew Schultz asked Jordan Peterson what college courses people should take so they could have sex in college. <laughs> wrong,
1: wrong man wrong to ask, man? though. What? Really happened. <laughs> I don't think Jordan Peterson had any sex
2: in college. I've got a... What do you call it? The Do they call this the the, the manosphere? Is that what, what the space is? Like, because... What is going on besides... Intellectual dark (laughs) manosphere.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it's easy easy to brush off this as a work between two problematic creators, but its importance in how comics media would play out is massive. We joke about the Peterson thing, but similar to him, the key to this book is looking at who it's for. So DC Comics spent most of the 90s being relatively embarrassed by its own history. It got forward thinking in interesting ways, like by creating kyle rayner who was you know not a space cop but a guy who was given the ultimate weapon what would a regular person do with the most powerful weapon in the universe right like Mm -hmm. and they would create new characters and and you know create these legacies that was not like the classic version of them but you know the the new the new forward-thinking 90s version and you know a lot of that was because uh they were embarrassed by that that old shit because of Marvel. Marvel was doing the new shit, and they wanted they were playing catch up, right? Mm-hmm. But, but basically, while they were getting forward thinking, Jeff Johns was sort of steeped in this kind of history nostalgia, and it, this book is actively regressive. Between this and I think Infinite Crisis, it's clear that DC had rounded a corner and saw money in embracing the corny uptight heroes that it spent so long being shamed by. And it worked. This book got four printings. It had 156,000 copies sold for the first issue with relatively no drop by the sixth. I think there was like a 10,000 copy difference between the two of them. For a character, people had mostly written off as a joke. And why? Because it catered to fans who wanted something familiar. And this book says, fuck history. You can go back and you can right the wrongs of your life and toss out cynicism and and postmodernism and and you know change. It's okay to yearn for the glory days with rose-colored glasses. You weren't those choices. It was a cosmic dragging making you old and rotten and a pedophile. <laughs> it was fear, and fear is bad because it's not manly. Every character in this book but Batman loves how because he embodied the distilled American masculinity. They didn't care. That he went a little crazy and killed hundreds, if not thousands, of Green Lanterns becoming an intergalactic serial killer. He's really good, honestly. <laughs> Come on, man. His lady, his friends, his dead dad, they would all be proud to know him. And it's two white men setting these parameters of goodness. They established the rules of this universe, and they valorized their own ideals for readers who famously wanted this book. Like I mentioned earlier, he was gate before gate guys who wanted really badly to go back and feel comforted by what they remembered with no cynical voice in the shadows asking them, was this really good? Is this really how it should be? Are you just afraid of change or the dark? So let's get into the 12 rules of light.
1: That was good, by the way. Thank you, man.
0: Yeah. That's what happens when you write it down, Daniel. I'm not going to say, I, I tried (laughs) to write it. I
1: tried to, I was like, Ramon really like, these things through i'm gonna have some like closing thoughts and i'm like jeff john's nerd dumb <laughs> <laughs> i try to make like little essays you
0: know beautiful beautiful stuff i mean people like them sometimes sometimes i don't put that much effort and people don't care but <laughs> from what i understand i've i've gotten good reviews on my essays my little mini essays yeah that's good shit man anyways so number one Stand up straight with your shoulders back. We already went through that. My man Hal Jordan stands up straight. Kyle Rayner, kind of a pussy, is always leaning over, hunched over. Uh, Batman, two, treat super hunched, super yeah. hunched. Batman is a is full hunch. That man is hunched over. He's a little demon. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. I mean, that, that's you know. That's, that that's, that's, that's kind of a confusing rule. Yeah, that's but, not a great rule. Yeah,
1: but Hal Jordan definitely thinks that he's, uh, worth everyone's attention.
2: Yeah, I mean, is yeah, that like saying way, like uh, like I should I should treat myself like a banker and just bail everything out? Like, is, is, <laughs> yeah. is, I don't. Is that what that means? Kind no. of. It's like yeah. justify oh, the all
1: way. of your bad decisions because you uh are you're just going through it, and that's not really you, and you just need help. <laughs> It's just, it's like saying, like, you know, you you have to put on the life
0: vest
2: for yourself before you can help the person next to you. Got it. Totally, totally, mm, yeah. totally missed that. But sure.
0: Uh, so, so all by the way, all these have illustrations that, that EBS did for Jordan Peterson that Jordan Peterson would tweet out. I think it might be even printed in the book. But the first one is, like, two little kids, they're looking at a lobster tank. A little shout out, little shout out, little uh, Easter egg for the fans. And the girl is standing straight up and the boy is, like, hunched over and being like, what are you doing? And the second one with the treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping. It's a girl tying her shoes, looking up at like a classical painting. I don't really know why. I just like, <laughs> I guess, yeah, it'll tie your shoes. I don't know. I Number prefer I prefer is... the
1: abridged version of that one, which is just treat yourself. Hmm.
0: Yeah, treat yourself. Yeah. Number three is make friends with people who want the best for you. I mean, that's what Hal did, dude. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) All of his, everybody in his life loves
1: this dude. Ride or die through genocides and everything.
0: (laughs) So by this point, Barry Allen also dead famously. And these are the two characters that are like sort of define the silver age more than anybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, and how Jordan, because of the success of this, uh, he got to bring back Barry Allen in flash Mm -hmm. rebirth Mm -hmm. much later, you know? Um, it was like, you know, years later, but, but that book also has just everybody saying how great Barry Allen is full idol worship. Like, it, it, every one of these books is like more telling you that this person is good than actually showing you, which is also why the books kind of hit the skids once like they're like Jeff Johns and gets to the, this, the art of telling stories. It, it's. He, he's better at setting up rules and telling you why to like people mm-hmm. than actually a, an engaging story. And, you know, not to say that I don't like a lot of... I thought his comics were amazing when I was young. But I also, you know, had not read a lot of comics by that point. So, anyways, number four. Oh, and in that one, uh, it's a little boy looking up at the statue of David. No idea why. <laughs> hmm. I don't understand what was going on inside EBS's brain. But, you, you know, like the naked you know statue of david he's like looking up at it like damn okay but
1: is is the statue of david thinking of the little boy as somebody who has his best interests i have no idea i didn't even
0: thought of it that way like who is number
3: four Mm -hmm. okay let's
0: let's 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 continue (laughs) number four is compare yourself to who you were yesterday not who someone else is today i mean that's how jordan Man, I boy, I was great yesterday. I mean, <laughs>
3: like, yeah,
2: it, not too it's many also, yesterday's isn't ago.
0: It, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy how applicable these are to the story,
1: though? Yes, I mean, no. Compa- n- n- yes, it's pretty crazy. I don't know. It feels like, uh, like, a lot of these rules are, are have been sort of like.
2: Yeah, re-branded they're sort of And and yeah.
1: they they've been generally like good advice or like isms, truisms mm-hmm. that of uh, people have shared generationally. Um
0: Sure, but we can't apply these to all books, especially as we go but on. But that, you know? that
1: one's particularly funny because um who, jo- who Hal Jordan was yesterday it was, like, a genocidal maniac. Yeah. He, he just killed me. <laughs> like, what about, hey, but what about the day before that, though? I'm doing so much better that day, like, today.
0: I haven't even... What about the day before that, though?
1: <laughs> right,
0: right. And to illustrate that point, we see the the little girl and the little boy together. And the little boy is shorter than the little girl. And they're measuring their, their height on, like, a like an elephant with, like, a scale on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the boy is angry, looking at her like, what the fuck? Why is she taller than me?
1: <laughs> a lot of um, a lot of misogyny and resentment. He's not
0: realizing that he was taller than himself yesterday. Ooh, it's fucking deep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the, number five is, do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. I, I
1: didn't know that that was that rule. That's a hilarious rule.
0: Yeah, and... Obviously, we—that's in this book because uh, Hal Jordan's dad crashes that plane, Ooh. which was not a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Kind of made his son not dislike him, but you know, yeah, whatever. I—it's you know, he his dad was also the embodiment of these rules clearly.
1: And who number six? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, what? Like who? Who would be like Hal Jordan's son in this book? Like what? Kyle Rayner? No,
0: they're not. It's not a father something.
1: It felt... Yeah. By, by the end, it, it was almost like that. Anyway. Yeah, I, mean,
0: I always got more like little brother. You know? Yeah,
1: number six.
0: Nep- yeah, more like a nephew. He's more like a magical space uncle. Than... <laughs> number six yeah. is set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one, there's a picture of a house and a, the inside of the house, it's like a dude who's... Uh, who, is, he's he's getting a uh, police, like, sh- you know, like, look look forward, look to your left. Like, uh, what is it called? Lineup shot or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, mugshot. He's getting a mugshot taken, so. These yeah.
1: illustrations are a little bit too metaphorical for me. Yeah, me too. Um,
0: <laughs> but But, you know, clearly that last one is like, yeah, don't, like, worry about yourself, Batman. Don't worry about what I got going on. Worry about how come... How come the Joker's running around fucking up Gotham again? Yeah, dick?
2: he's he's yeah. pretty much just like just even though I did a genocide, I didn't adopt that genocide. That that whole yeah. all those people first, you know. <laughs> so number
0: seven, pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. These are two kids looking up at the statue of J- Jesus being held by uh, Mary. What? <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, <laughs> more stat, more big statues. Um. I mean, yeah, we that that one's self evident. A lot too, of a lot of know.
1: statues in these illustrations, and a lot of statues of Hal Jordan in this yeah. book. <laughs> There's like yeah, twenty really. in, around the universe.
0: <laughs> the next, actually, the next few are just the kids looking at at classic Western art. I wonder if that's just like if that was just a prompt, like. Oh, I, I
1: think art. it's I think it's like purposefully subliminal, sort of like Western chauvinism. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Number eight is tell the truth, or at least don't tell a lie. Hmm. Yeah. Tell your truth. <laughs>
1: yeah. How how told nine... the truth when he popped Batman in the mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> number nine is, a su- I mean, there's literally, like, lines in there where they're like, how Jordan never lied. Ever. Too manly. He has, yeah. like,
1: like, Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> George Washington
0: type legend. Mm -hmm. yeah i was i was going to write down like some of the crazy shit they said about like what hal used to be like (laughs) because i mean like it's just it it is wild the whole book is about like man this guy was so good like he's literally you just saw him like earlier today (laughs) he would save the the universe
1: with a matchbook yes yes he said that why would they
0: yeah he's just total stan for for hal jordan that was john stewart by the way uh but anyways yeah Number nine. Assume that the person you are listening to might not might know something you don't. You know, so just you know, okay. like when we do these things, listen yeah, to Batman us. Batman doesn't do that. unless you don't.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Your Batman.
0: Yeah, Batman's an asshole. He would. Batman breaks almost all of these rules. Mm-hmm. Be precise in your speech, and that one for some reason, it's a, uh, it's I think, uh, fuck, what's the dude's name? Dude, uh, fuck, I'm blanking, blanking. It's the one with the guy with the apple in front of his face.
2: Oh, that... Mm.
0: Anyways, him. <laughs> I think Matisse
3: or Magritte. Yes. It's either
0: Matisse or Magritte, and I can't remember which one, but it's it's that one. Anyways, the number 11. Do not bother children when
1: they are skateboarding. I think that's um, a fair rule. Like, out of all I'm, of these... um people who like narc on skateboarders are the worst it's not a crime Mm -hmm. yeah number 11 is skateboarding is not a
0: crime hell Mm -hmm. yeah and number 12 is pet a cat when you encounter one on the street and what's funny is jeff johns didn't draw a cat he drew a dog with sunglasses (laughs) (laughs) it's bizarre uh wait Uh, that's the evs illustration yeah, the EVS illustration. Well, the one the kid, it was just like literally a kid holding a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Like a poser, by the way. Total poser.
1: <laughs> he like ran out, out of ideas like, for that he, one. He's
0: got really dumb shoes and like he's wearing a helmet and pads. Like, kid, 90s skating,
1: comics like, illustrator's <laughs> idea of a skateboarder.
0: It's not like his. The kid's board looks like a nerd's fucking skateboard. This kid is a poser. Anyways, and then yeah, the last one is like a woman holding a dog and it's got sunglasses on. So those are the 12 rules for light the green lanterns light
1: <laughs> i want to say the dog illustration is also misogyny because cats are kind of <laughs> I mean, feminine
0: absolutely is, yeah so anyways yeah i mean there's there's good stuff in this book though there's like the sinestra stuff <laughs> i thought you were the talking about like sinestra
1: 12 rules some.
0: there is like the basic self-help stuff pretty much everybody like when i read stuff about it like you know even from like you know uh like i'll watch the philosophy tube videos Mm -hmm. and contrapoints and people like that they always say the same thing which is like look people will learn stuff from that and i think it's true like you know there there are certain basic self-help things in those books that are like applicable to people like young men specifically but the thing is like it's not applicable to everyone like Mm -hmm. one of the the big critique is like you read that and it's not like you do all those things, and you can overcome systematic injustices.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. but
0: you question that, and they say you're just an SJW. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Uh, I like for the past past couple of years, like I I kind of had a falling out with this person, but he was intensely a Jordan Peterson person, mm-hmm. and even though like there is like this common sense element to to these rules like once you like go like deep into peterson lore i don't know what happens but you start uh it it, it really does sort of like become um uh, uh, an alienating like priming it, it's sort of like a priming to get into for example like power dynamics or, like uh, not question power like people who are in power uh, are there for a reason um like hierarchies and like once you start get getting into like lobster shit hierarchies it 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 becomes um like deeply misogynistic um mm. you start you start to see like women as chaos elements you start to see um men as order and there is there like basically what happened is with with this friend is he became like an innate essentialist like everyone had Mm. essential traits that were just their nature and there was an order to things and questioning uh why things were a certain way was was pointless because my house wasn't in order Mm. yeah speaking of
0: which Uh, I found some quotes. I could not find original interviews from when the shit came out, but I saw a lot of like sort of wrapping up Jeff Johns green, green lantern run stuff. And uh, one of the things I saw was they asked him like, what, what did they tell him when they wanted to bring it back? And they said, do you like how Jordan, would you be interested in writing a story where he comes back? And there were ideas floating around about killing this character or that character. And I said, look, if I do green lantern, I want to bring everything back. It's not just about Hal, but it's about the core, uh, which was gone, and about Guy Gardner and Jon Stewart and Kyle Rayner and all that stuff. I wanted to bring it back, the intergalactic aspect of it, make it bigger and different and unique among the DC books, because I think Green Lantern is that. It's not even DC Star Wars. It's different than that to me, because it's all about the core of this great emotional center of overcoming fear and facing fear and chasing our emotions. Being honest with yourself and true. It's... (laughs) It's really very inspiring universe to live in. And these characters are fun and different, blah, blah, blah. Oh, fun and diverse, which was funny to me. Cause like <laughs> the diversity is so, you know, beside the point. But, uh, then there's another one where they said, uh, like how writing, how Jordan was self discovery for him. And he said, I learned, I am very screwed up. <laughs> I really self explore. I really ex- explored self awareness and emotions through green lantern. It might sound goofy, but I do believe that emotions have power. We're all driven by something, and most of that is emotional reaction. For me, it was about recognizing my self-awareness. If you're driving and you're really pissed off because someone cut you off, what's that really about? Is it about control? Is it about feeling disrespected? Is it, about, is it because you're late? Why are you late? And are you scared to go to work because there's, some, uh, there's a big meeting? What's the source of that anger? The more that we self-analyze ourselves, the nicer we are to people and to ourselves, and the more we understand each other. Hal Jordan is a guy that doesn't think twice about what he's doing. He's always been that guy. He's strong and willful and figures it out. But that journey of having to confront why he feels anything was a journey for myself, as well as Hal. You're always learning about yourself, if you're honest with yourself. It's tough to be honest with yourself. We're all dishonest with it ourselves. He's having a therapy a session the
1: here.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Could you imagine this? You're like, oh, so what's it like doing Green Lantern? He's just doing this shit? <laughs>
1: Interviewers I mean, just,
0: yeah. He's... He says, uh we don't we don't deal with something so we compartmentalize it. It's tough to really connect with people. And the interviewer goes, Uh, your first gig was working in the for Richard Donner. What did you learn from him? He was
1: practically crying.
0: He was practically crying at the end of the answer. But like that this is all like kinda of what you're saying of like that masculinity, the patriarchy, all that shit is just like fragile sort of like modern male ego of like, I'm I'm what if I'm soft? Like, what does that mean? And you know, a lot of people are just like, well, maybe I am soft It doesn't really fucking matter. Like all that stuff is, you know, standard set by people that don't fucking exist anymore. But there's this, there's a very, you know, rich vein of, of dudes today with like the toxic masculinity shit that, that just can't get over the fact that they are not the most
2: important people
0: on earth anymore. Yeah.
2: That that whole and like and that it, whole oh sorry, do you can keep going? No, no, go ahead. No, but that whole concept of Hal Jordan, the way he describes it in that interview, is very much in that in the vein of that essentialist shit that uh Daniel yeah. was talking about. That like, you know, there is a true uh essence to Hal Jordan deep down uh and and you know, uh that's just who he is. And like, no, man, like people people uh like learn to care about uh, things in each other. Um, it's 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 not that like there is a uh, I don't know. Um, it, it's work, you know. Like if Hal <laughs> yeah. if Hal Jordan did that, it is that way. It's because he he did the work. <laughs> well, Hal Jordan doesn't. Hal Jordan, that. Hal Jordan was Jordan just born the guy. Zombies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and exactly, and he, and he and he doesn't. That's part of the reason why I just don't give a shit about <laughs> when, when, him in when this he
1: comic. Was, when he was born, the the. The nurse didn't slap him his butt he slapped the nurse's butt <laughs> just,
2: yeah it's just like you know you're welcome I'm here you know like yeah. uh and it's 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 this thinking of of that like you know well of of course I'm the shit you know well, of, of course yeah. I am right and 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 like this when again with with Daniel's friend and I can it's with, with, ah sorry like Daniel was saying about his friend, that's very similar to like you know fundamentalist Christian Christian thinking, where they give you the the rules that you have to follow, um, a, 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 a process to go through, um, that will then shut other people out of criticizing you because they didn't go through that process, right? Like they didn't, they're not saved, mm. they're not, they don't know God. What do they know? Um, you don't have a Green Lantern. They don't have a Green Lantern ring, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, and then you know it gives you this mentality. Well, like I did everything right, so everyone yeah. else is therefore wrong. And 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 then that's how you start to embrace like truly toxic uh, views from like these innocuous seeming, uh, you know, self-help rules or spiritualism. And yeah, it sucks.
1: Just the idea of like willpower mm-hmm. as as being the central conceit of the Green Lanterns, at, at and that there will be a select few individuals who are intrinsically worthy is, is is incredibly in line with the jordan peterson ideology and that they've all been men yes
3: mm-hmm.
0: and that the uh that the, the star sapphires which are like the love part of it is always women you know what mm-hmm. i mean like now now there is jessica cruz they made a a Latinx green lantern and it's funny cuz people are always like oh do you like that one?" i like i mean i i guess but like you know, not really. I never read any of those comics. You know, unfortunately, I'm sure some of them are good. You know, I know some friends of mine have wrote have wrote her, but I just uh, you know I've fallen so far out of the Green Lantern shit. And I I remember when it when I did too, because it was like after Green Lantern, uh, after the Green Lantern uh, Blackest Night shit, where it was like the big event book, and I remember feeling like he overreached they did the thing called brightest day, which was, there's <laughs> was, it was a lot of green lantern stuff still, but they were bringing back all these characters that had been dead. And it's literally just this, like there's these dead characters that are coming back to life and we're going to tell you how great they all are. And, you know, I just was like, ah, this is not fun. It's not really that interesting. And then the one that really got me was they did a green, it was called green lantern war, I believe. And it was between three books and they were, like, batoning them. So the stories never went anywhere, but all the characters were, like, at war. And I've always hated the idea of the Green Lantern Corps as a police force or a military force. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not in line with, you know, my politics effort uh, <laughs> to to like those things. And, I, you know, I get it. A lot of times that's what they're presented as, and I, I understand why. But, I mean, that's not even my favorite Green Lantern. My favorite one was when there was none of that shit. and It was just a guy who was sort of wandering around. And, like honestly it was a dude who lived in new york had a had a job as a freelance illustrator <laughs> cartoonist and worked at a coffee shop that underneath his apartment and then like had trouble with girls and then had to fight these these people mm-hmm. that were like you know super villains that were just like popped up you know and like that's what i liked about it it was just it was fun you know it was aspirational as a as a young person to look at like a a slacker superhero you know yeah it was like it was spider-man but with with
2: with a ring instead of a s- webs, yeah. you know? and that's the interesting thing I think about this book is how it just totally Ill- like sidesteps the fact that the the core is a is
0: a police force. Yeah, I mean in that in that way, Hal Jordan is a hero because he abolished the entire thing that one- <laughs> <laughs> paralyzed didn't do anything wrong.
2: <laughs> Parallax was right.
0: It's a a glab. All Green Lanterns are bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah uh, but yeah no like it's it's a i i really wanted to talk about this and i'm glad we did i'm glad we got this episode you know done because i just felt like i loved this comment like i can't you know i got it signed i can't even express how much i was fucking with this when it came mm-hmm. out and uh, it, especially in light of the stuff that came out about jeff johns mm-hmm. and evs becoming one of the, like the the most absolutely disgusting people in comics. Like, you know, not that long ago uh, when, when they put out the Snyder cut and everything, he was saying like the craziest shit about like Asians and everything. Oh yeah. No. And it's just like, like dude, he's a disgusting human being. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just wanted to, to look at this with sort of a critical eye that I didn't have when I was younger about this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like it, you were able especially for me as a young comic fan to compartmentalize, the things that I believed in the world with like the stories that I read. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of this whole podcast is looking at this stuff with a holistic worldview that is, you know, socialist, (laughs) anti-imperialist, like all that stuff. Yeah. But you know, if, if the green lantern as a mission being just like an actual peacekeeping force, not a, not a policing force is, it's a different thing. And it's sort of like they were, I like, I always liked the idea of them as like sort of space, like just hippie protectors (laughs) more than, you know, than cops, which is so easily how it it comes. Like, you know, the, the Hawkman of the, of the 1960s comics was a legitimate cop. Mm. The Flash was an actual cop. Hal Jordan was just fucking aliens and going to different dimensions. And when he came home, he was a celebrity test pilot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just a weird dude. <laughs> so, you know, I like that shit. And you know, and I just wanted to re-examine this book. So, I'm glad we did. Um, I guess we should start wrapping up now, ish okay. Uh Josh, is there anything you want to talk about the writing that you're doing?
2: Uh I mean, like this is always a weird thing for me. Uh I I, you know, I write for Polygon. Uh my my yeah. sh- I do good shit there, you know. Um, um it's a, you know, it's a good site. It also pays me, which is also good. Um, yeah, what do you call it? I uh, I do some stuff outside of that. I'm I, you know, I, I generally write about entertainment, uh, pop culture, um, and and just like you know, like you guys do, just try write a little bit about what it all means, right? Um,
0: yeah. Did you did you watch the Winter Soldier show?
2: I did, but you know what's so funny about that to me that I that show was just head empty, like it it. it, it I've forgotten it, was... it all.
1: At this point, yeah, it,
2: like I have never not wanted to have a reaction to something more strongly, I think, uh, just because like in my in my reading of the show, it it, it wanted to antagonize, uh, not antagonize, it wanted to interrogate, it wanted to invoke ideas, but not interrogate them. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and uh and, and it wanted to invoke so many ideas that it was almost offensive how little it wanted to interrogate them. <laughs> <But> before <laughs> like... we before
1: we started recording, I I had I had asked you a little bit to to, to explain a little bit about what you focused on in Polygon or, or in your work, and you had mentioned that you're kind of in like a middle point mm-hmm. that you were sort of like an intermediary to like nerd culture, but also <laughs> uh the the tech stuff
2: yeah so like the 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 joke version of describing my career is is that like I explain you know uh've I've written at cool publications about nerd shit and then about nerd at nerd publications about cool shit um and <laughs> that's just my my um you know my stupid little summary of of how I I, I do find myself often in this like very middle space where like um, I'm not necessarily in any, you know, one beat or scene. Um, and uh, so, like, now I'm at Polygon, which started as a video game site, but uh, going for a while now. I mean, they've always done wider pop culture stuff, but, like, um, now the the publication is, is heavily invested in just being a general entertainment site, right? And, and being uh, an entertainment site for people who are, like, you know, very online um and paying attention to things that like uh traditional entertainment publications aren't necessarily like uh where who you go to if you if you know you you also are interested in like vtubers right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but you know and then you also watch you know hbo max and disney plus and all that um but uh
0: that's that's an interesting thing because I've always felt like, especially with like nerd culture, like people in this like the comic book world are so disassociated from like things that are cool. Yeah. That it's like you know we talk about things in on on here like we I think we talked a lot about VTubers with uh, you know what it hasn't come up yet <laughs> it's coming out soon but I think we talked yeah. about it with uh, Michelle yeah, yeah. right yeah. Um, Oh, we might have talked about we've uh,
1: talked talking about it
0: with uh, Sarah as well. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that might have been the one. I think that's I think Chainsaw Man episode, Chainsaw Man episode. But you know, we we try we. I I feel like there's there's always been this weird sort of like like people that are in sort of geek culture are proud to be sort of cut off from mainstream culture, Mm. and that's that was always weird to me. Because it just wasn't my experience, but like, cause I wasn't a, I wasn't in geek culture. I didn't read comics growing up. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I, like I said, I went to the library to read them when I was younger, but that was like, you know, not, that wasn't the entirety of, of my life. Right. I got obsessed with it later, but when I was younger, that was just like a thing that I did every once in a while, you know? Yeah. Most of the time I was just hanging out with friends, like, you know, watching, like playing music and, do, you know, listening to fucking Slipknot or whatever, <laughs> but 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 i you know i i was i've always wanted to be keenly aware of like what was mainstream culture because that's the way to bring people into the stuff that you like mm-hmm. and there's always like a real sort of pushback against people dominating that space which is funny now because mainstream culture just is
1: that nerd culture shit mm-hmm. yeah 100% like yep um the the marvel marvel movies are general world culture
0: yeah like, I'm weird for having not... Like, don't I don't know that... I can never remember the name of Winter Soldier <laughs> and Falcon or whatever. Like, like people think I'm doing a bit. Like, I genuinely don't know the name. I think I've called it... I think I've called that show so many things in, in my life. Like in, like, in recent weeks or whatever. That people are just like, you can't be serious. Like, no, I'm, gen- I'm genuinely out of the loop on that stuff. But I like to know, like, what's going on with YouTubers and TikTokers mm-hmm. and... You know all that all that weird shit. Like that's the stuff that interests me because I feel like that's you know.
1: Yeah, you, you th- that, you that have comic your, book movie shit. You have your I ear to it. the ground to like, uh, very general sort of like I don't want to call it trash culture, but it's. Yeah, I would. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like it, it's funny though, like because you say like what you, that you, when you describe that, that's so like. Like, you, they, they, people, these places do need people like that because most nerd places, they just want to talk about that shit in a bubble. Yeah.
2: And it's also, it also gives you like a perspective, right? Like, cause I used to write for GQ. Um, and oh, ooh, I did. Well, see, then that's the reaction people have. And I'm not fucking cool. You know, like, I <laughs> just imagine, I, I the always whole feel like it's like, for you, the, like <laughs> oh, what, what Chelsea boot should I wear with this Tom Ford suit? and that's the thing you say that and that's the people the reaction people have and again like that's not me um but like i you know for 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 whatever reason like you know like the people you know at that site like they're not idiots they know that people uh play video games and and uh what do you call it um care about comic books sometimes and marvel movies and shit so like there's value in having someone around who who, who knows that but also it also, is an insular. Yeah, um, you
1: you, yeah. you have the ability to speak human.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, because, like, you know, what do you call it? Like, while while some yeah. of the people writing for these publications, uh, or, or just writing period, just on the internet, are aware of like where the culture's at, the people running these publications don't necessarily, right? Um, they'll yeah. only acknowledge. Uh, certain parts of the culture if they are forced to. Um, yeah. And it's that way with, well, with, you know, a lot of things.
0: It's funny because I have, I have this buddy, Tony Fleece, who, uh, by the way, he was on our Wildcats episode, and his book Stray Dogs has been fucking killing A me. hit. And every time I talk about these, what's up? It's a hit. It's a hit. Like, that book went to like third printing, I think. I oh, think that's it, great. Fourth, maybe? He, he's like, he's doing really well with that book, but he he always thinks that I, like when i talk about that stuff that i'm talking about him specifically <laughs> but like cause like because he listens to the show and he you know but like when, when i paint with that like kind of broad strokes because he is a part of that too but it's you know like there are creators that can that can do that but then he's also famously we had a debate of who put who onto brock hampton <laughs> <laughs> he was like making me look up my texts and like find old messages like, okay, when did you add their songs to Spotify? Because if it wasn't during this time frame, we saw each other and I would have told you <laughs> that. And I'm just like, dude, I'm like, just at a glance, I assume that I told you, but I, I've at this point, I've, you know, confirmed, like, you know, to the best of my knowledge, Tony probably told me about Brockhampton. <laughs> but it was like, you know, I wanted to do that mia culpa, but it was... It was funny though, because, you know, he, that book I think is, is a big hit because he can, he can access broad culture. And then you see books that, that can't do that, mm. that are just so steeped in like being a, a loser <laughs> that they, they don't, they don't resonate with me because I'm not a fucking loser. And, and they can only be work they could only work in comics. They could never work in like a broader sense. You have to have a wide knowledge, and I, I remember too. You remember uh, uh, the Grant Morrison book Happy? It got a TV show. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember when that book came out through Image. I read an interview with Morrison, and they said, like, that they were listening to Tyler the Creator, and I just remember thinking, <laughs> "Holy shit, Grant Morrison listens to Tyler the Creator!" Because that's what I was listening to. So, like, you know, I feel like if you have a broad range of that of that like sort of culture you're going to be able to pull from more and make things more interesting, but also relatable to people who just aren't insulated into that thing. And like, that's, that's where I think Jeff John sort of is, is interesting because he is in all this stuff is only interested in that nerd culture. Yeah. shit. Like, I don't know what like, you see that dude. No, Sorry, no, bro? I don't know what his favorite band
2: is. I like, <laughs> I no, I could never, I don't you know. Too? I don't
0: know what's popping
1: with Lebanese Americans. <laughs> <laughs> this this comic
2: is entirely
1: uh, about green lantern comics
0: yeah yeah exactly that's that right and that's why it's so inaccessible to people like to anybody that's why it's also miraculous it sold so well because it's like who was reading this thing like hell yeah
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like even jeff Josby talk about like like just that dude like the image that you get of him is him Wearing like a pre-distressed hat with like a superhero logo, probably Green Lantern <laughs> or just DC Comics or Batman. Having like a leather jacket that's like a like some style. Scereotypical like, Lebanese for a photo- outfit. <laughs> yeah, classic Lebanese. Yeah. And then like a pair of a pair of jeans and a T-shirt. And it's like, no, there's no sort of like style or culture beyond that that kind of dude, you know. And, you know, there's some validity to that, but it's just not it's just not.
2: Yeah, and then there's another thing too where it comes from like the, the subculture, right? Uh where yeah. where like comics fans or video game fans are just hostile to that outside uh influence, right? Like uh I was at uh just before this job I was at Kotaku, which is a video game website. Mm-hmm. Um and uh what do you call it? Like I like my big thing at at Kotaku was was, was more or less like poking holes at, like, cultural things. Um, like, people got pissed at me for it. But I would just sort of, like, be like, you know, maybe just because these are, you know, words you've used and, and things that you've gotten used to over the 40 years video games, you know, have been around, yeah. you know, in, in a way that you appreciate. Uh, maybe that those things sucked you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe we've internalized some bad ideas uh, about the culture. Um, just by like, you know, having a game like mass effect and, you know, it telling you your choices matter when that's bullshit, right? (laughs) Because the people who make these games are just, you know, they have limited time and space and they, the actual game doesn't respond to your choices. It sort of railroads you into making you feel like you have agency and it's, you know, it's, it's storytelling. It's an illusion. Um, But, you know, as a culture, we engage in ideas that that stuff matters, you know. And, you know, we do the same thing in comics where, like, uh, there is, like, one true interpretation of a character, one true Green Lantern. And no, it's just the guy who's working on it right now, you know, and whatever their bosses will let them do. Um, I'm
1: I'm sure gamers loved when you were challenging all of those notions. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: uh, wasn't Gizmodo or... Uh, that was like not Gizmodo, Kotaku. I'm sorry, it was Kotaku, but it was all those all those sites. Yeah, like they were all Gawker. like
2: under fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was the you know the former Gawker Media Group, which is now yeah. Geo Media. Um, yeah, they,
1: they were kind of the 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 focal point of like the Gamer Gate ire mm-hmm. for a while.
2: Yeah, so when when Comicsgate, uh, rolled around, like, uh... <laughs> You know, not you know. I don't want to uh, dismiss anyone who was who was harassed or caused pain or anything like that because, like, I know how vicious these people can be, um, and these and these movements can be. But it it seemed like you know, GamerGate, but cornier. You know, like
0: mm-hmm. I mean, it was definitely it was you know, they were both corny. Exactly, yeah. and yeah, GamerGate
2: was already corny. Like it was, it was, it was, it was. You know, like I don't. Again, like these narratives get spun up for, so that it's remembered as something that it wasn't. But it was started by a yeah. uh, uh, a dude fucking pissed that his girlfriend left him you know yeah uh
3: yeah I remember uh, and
2: like i read that blog post you can't tell me that didn't happen like I, and and, and...
0: <laughs> you know by the way you know how surreal it was that i read that blog post thinking like this is insane yeah. like i remember when comics Game came out and i watched those videos or Gamergate. Mm-hmm. i'm sorry and i watched them like this is fucking mm-hmm. nuts like and then like two years later i'm at i'm at a vertigo dinner and i'm talking to zoe mm-hmm. quinn like oh like we're just like hanging out and i'm just like damn, like, I know too much about this person's life, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and she knows that that's the experience that people have with her because of because of that harassment, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and she was, you know, she's great. Um, but it was just like, a, it was a weird thing to, when that popped up, like you said, it was strictly because of a personal grievance that somebody had with, with uh, somebody else, and it
2: spawned all of this shit. Yeah, and and then you have like you know there, I mean there's there's a whole uh, you know culture war industrial complex now, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like I don't nobody I don't know if anybody remembers this, but like part of uh, Milo Yiannopoulos' ascendance was him pretending to be a gamer,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do
2: like, remember I, that. Keep... I can't even. I, do I can't wrap my, remember... my mind around
1: that. <laughs>
0: I remember that because I remember after the shit happened, people would find clips where he was just, like, shitting on people that Yeah!
2: Yeah! It was 100% a grift, but you go online and these subreddits and stuff like that, and they'd be like, yo, this guy's one of us, and we're like, it's like, patently untrue. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, um, like, I have uh, when I was first starting out, um, I, I was, you know, writing about comics at Entertainment Weekly, um, And then i kind of fell off uh just as i changed jobs and you know media is an unstable industry (laughs) it's a super awful way to make a living but um you know as i bounced around i started to do general entertainment um mainstream entertainment more than comics and so i sort of like fell off and now i'm at polygon which does cover comics but it's not uh my primary beat i'll like i'll dabble every once in a while a book will come out that i think is interesting and and you know, like maybe I'll do an interview. I've only been at this job for a couple months now, um, so I haven't done a whole lot in that regard. But uh, so, like, I completely—you um, know—I was aware of of Comicsgate. Like, I knew that EVS was a big part yeah. of it, and he was sort of like that Yiannopoulos figure that gave it legitimacy in my mind. Um, he was. Yeah, they're very similar. And wow. uh, what do you call it? Um, it's it's just you know depressingly. Um. Uh, the the beats are all, all, it's playing the hits and it fucking sucks, right? You know, getting getting uh, drumming up outrage over like social media posts women make, uh, and, and just it it sucks. I hate it. I don't know how much of a thing it still is.
0: Um, it's it's interesting because I I wanted to do an episode that was almost more more dedicated to that, but I also don't want to give them more yeah, oxygen. You know, it's yeah. Yeah. Like, but but. I I looked into it because I, I remember listening to somebody that was on uh the insurgents podcast. Shout out to the insurgents pod, shout out to my guy Rob Rousseau. Um but you know, check out that podcast, check out his Twitch. But they were talking they had somebody on talking about Gamergate and how almost all of that media has died out because like they like all those clicks are gone. Like you still get you still get a like don't get me wrong, you'll still get money doing it. But there was a high, there was a height of that a couple years ago, where you'd be you'd be foolish almost not to do anti SJW. Well, stuff, I, you know? I I would I would push and, against that a
2: little bit, because um, it's still okay. there. Uh, so so what happened is it's gotten well, legit in a way that is uh, difficult to pin down. I could name some names, and I'm not because well, I don't want that fucking heat in my sure. mentions. Um, sure, sure, sure. But like, I I'll, I'll name one dude. No, I'm you know what? No, I'm not because again, I don't want fucking okay. the, the Well not the gonna, they're not gonna they're
1: definitely it. not gonna listen to this podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah, they're this is not an yeah, you know epic podcast. Uh
2: this fuck <laughs> this this motherfucker, uh Colin Moriarty
3: okay. uh
2: he know. you know, his his whole thing is just being like, you know, uh, uh you know, again, not associating him with Gamergate at all. But like he yeah. has, you know, sort of like courted that legitimate the that legitimized energy of uh you know, get your politics out of my games or, or, or don't do them elegantly in my eyes. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna flame you for that. Um or and you know, like he's cleaned up his act enough that like if you don't know any of this stuff, uh you think he's just a, a games dude, you know? Because he's sure. got the games that he likes and the games that he champions and, and he keeps his focus on the games. Uh but like is something you know, in, in, in his circle, not necessarily even him, uh, you know, there's also this diffusion of responsibility. That's that's interesting. Um, uh, but if somebody like in his circle or, or you know, uh, he, he catches wind of something that he finds distasteful because of its politics or um, messaging, uh, he'll bring it up. And, you know, uh, how would who's to say he's responsible if a bunch of people start harassing that, you know? Uh, So that's the only pushback I'd have there. Yeah. So I watched the
0: comics gate thing start up from the beginning because my collaborator, Tamara is a trans woman. And when we worked, when, when it first started, they specifically targeted like women, trans women, and just, you know, black, uh, black creators, uh, And so I was like round four or whatever. Like I didn't get the early stuff, but eventually they really, really hated this book called America mm-hmm. um, because it was written by a Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. It was drawn by a Puerto Rican. They felt like it was identity politics. And I was supposed to draw that book up front and I didn't, I drew f- fifth and sixth issue. So that, that was my turn <laughs> to get it. <laughs> to get it mm-hmm. Right. And I, I just remember like a dude who, Tweeted that he liked my art not that long before and after, because I was on that book just railed into my mm-hmm. art, just like absolutely like this dude. It's this dude uh, Richard Meyer. He's comics and diversity. He was the initial uh, yeah. main yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. I remember that name. And so he he shit all over it, but he. There were tweets where he was like, "I love Ramon Villalobos' art," <laughs> like it was bizarre. It was, right? It was purely like he's, for he wasn't... the
1: grift and the comic skate industry, like the hate mill.
0: Yeah, because he because he can't he can't do it. Even if he likes my art, he can't do an issue of America that he says is not bad.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You
0: know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he has to say it's bad, otherwise he's not going to make that money. And uh, and like his everybody's views on that shit tanked after uh, I don't, I don't know what the inflection point was, mm-hmm. but like you could look at the line where they stopped making those same amount of views. Yeah. Before. And now the, the guys who are still around that are making views have just pivoted to doing like in-depth analysis about the Johnny Depp trial. <laughs> Cause for some Jesus. reason that's a huge issue with these people, mm-hmm. right? Like, like they, they, they don't talk about like, there's a lot of dudes that were comics gate dudes. That they just, like, they don't talk about comics right. anymore. They just talk about whatever is the the cause du jour. Du jour? Yeah, is that yeah, a thing? Huh. <laughs> Listen, I'm not that guy. <laughs> I,
1: I feel like the, the only videos I've seen, they're just, like, confusedly praising, uh, like, Aubrey Sitterson's projects because he, like, somehow manages to do them well. Mm. So,
0: yeah, well, you know, they have to admit that he sells, he makes the books, when he says he's going to make them, and a lot of these people don't, but but uh, so but the EVS part, you know, it, it would be weird to not talk about him a little bit in this in this space. Considering we just did a full episode about it, but I remember when I got that comic signed, I re- I distinctly remember it was 2010. I I go to this comic convention in San Francisco. I think it's Easter, and uh, it was Easter weekend because that's when they used to hold WonderCon, and I went there and. I went to his table and he was like holding court. I mean, that dude was massive, massively popular. Mm-hmm. And I remember he had a, he had a, a jar on his, on his desk that for an NRA fundraiser, it was what? like, you you donate money to the NRA and you enter a raffle to win a handgun. <laughs> I remember thinking like, like fuck this dude. You know, like I, I, I remember just thinking like, man, I didn't want to get this shit signed. But I'd already got a sign. <laughs> but I saw it, like, at, you know, he's like, oh, thanks very much, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate the support, bud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had that <laughs> and, uh, bad boy energy. I mean, like. he That was his yeah. whole thing. Like, he used to go. I, I But I was a fan of his. So I remember when he would go to shows, do little songs. And then on his, on his Facebook page, he was popping on Facebook. And he would just do, like, these weird videos, singing songs. Or, like, talking to the UPS guy who brought him, like dvds of game shows from the <laughs> 60s and and then he would you know be he began to get into like shitting on people online and at first it wasn't like his targets were just other losers that that he mm-hmm. knew right like oh this guy is you know you say like slurs against him and then like you know tell people to go kill themselves there was like famous harassment things that he would lead against people but then when the anti-sjw thing came along it re- he really found a way to like harness the hateful energy that he had been you know having online for a long mm-hmm. time into like something that was gonna make him a yeah. lot of money, and so like I I I think it's genuine. I think he genuinely has hate for all the people he talks about, mm-hmm. you know. But, but I definitely think it, he didn't realize the reward of that because he also used to like do books with Gail Simone where it's like. You know, oh, he's a conservative, and I'm a yeah. liberal, and we, it doesn't matter. We can do a book together, and it'll be about that. And it's they just like— They were hawking-dubbing? The thing was a mess. <laughs> it was it was actually Firestorm. <laughs> but they were doing that. Yeah. I mean, like, it was it was weird. He he occupied a weird space, and because he did Green Lantern Corps, or Green Lantern Rebirth, I thought,
1: oh,
3: Yeah, cool, he got, you
2: got a emo. lot of benefit I,
1: but, of the doubt. Mm-hmm.
2: He yeah. also did that uh, *Vengeance* when... men issue with sex in every page or something like that. Oh god, that was him, right? He did a lot of yeah, yeah. That was him. He's a, he's a that that's
0: his work was not as good in that as it was in <laughs> <Land> and Rebirth, <laughs> And that shit annoys me because I love that those comics, but I hate his art in him. But uh, but no, like I I just I just wanted to say like I remembered when I saw that nra jar being like oh done with him mm-hmm. like and so but I, then you know it, all the comics pros for years and years would still be talking to him online like he was a regular person and not a psychopath mm-hmm. and it was always it was always interesting to see that from afar then once i became a pro it was like yeah there's very few people that i you know that i don't want to associate with that i that i do anyways mm-hmm. and i mean he's like he would not be worth it. So it's funny when I see which pros were doing that. Like for example, a uh, friend of the show um Dan Dan Slot, <laughs> you know, he went on his <laughs> YouTube channel and had like a 3-hour conversation and I'm just like, "The fuck?" Like by this point, they had already argued about whether or not uh guns should be like have more gu- have more gun restriction after like Sandy Hook. Like they already had that conversation Okay, I guess we don't have to agree. It's like dude, what What? the fuck? Have a spine. You know you know how New Yorkers are.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean it's I think I think it's a side effect of of uh a lot of I guess comics pros for lack of a better term. Uh to have that status. You know, they they also have a, a weird sense of job security, even though that job security isn't real. Um uh, i i i think you know in in that sense where it's like particularly when it's writers um because writers have an outsized uh voice in this industry uh they, they they don't feel threatened you know um and yeah. and the the ones who are edgy in, in in mainstream comics are ones that put on punk airs um and uh you know, it it it's weird. Uh, this is weird to me, uh, because like the comics that I grew up uh, loving and, and the, the comics that I like now in the independent space, you know, have like a blue collar energy to them. Um, because yeah. you know, uh, that I mean, that's the magic of comics. You know, if you, uh, you know, if you believe in the the whole, uh, the the, the sort of allure of the history is that it's it's a a, a thing that you can just do by working uh and getting better at art or, or, or just throwing together right it's not uh it, it doesn't have that hollywood veneer right yeah that's what i do and to a lesser extent anyway, as well. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know comics writing is such a uh uh has, has taken on that sort of uh, uh revered space i guess that 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 Oh bro, yeah, don't think yeah, yeah well, no, it this sense. is we're
1: we're too late into this podcast. Yeah, we're too late. To into, this. Oh, too late into, this. into Basically the
2: point, <laughs> point of my point of what I'm saying is that like these arguments are being had by people who have never had any skin in the game. Uh um, yeah. and so they can they can suffer fools like EBS. you know, mm-hmm. and think they're just right, right, think, right. think they're just talking sense. And that's not what's happening, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: all fun and games well, until people are like Uh, getting doxxed and in full harassment campaigns um and it's all i mean it's all edgelord stuff they like i i'm not (laughs) i'm not pretending to be like ramon here but like they it's all sort of like pretend when they've never actually like done true outlaw shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: I mean, listen. Until you work for a drug cartel, don't talk to me about being an outlaw. Until you've made shirts for a guy who wanted to sell them to a drug cartel. Uh, I've gone, I've gone legit too. I just did a T-shirt for Nate Diaz. That's real. That's real. That's legit. He's an outlaw just like me. Hell yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, I think we should start wrapping
2: up. For, for real, real? <laughs> uh, Josh. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, I am uh, J M. Rivera zero two um, yep and uh, you can find my writing at polygon.com I might have uh, when this goes live um, the, the I might have a big piece on slate uh, about oh. about uh, religion wait slate plus <laughs> I think you know it well it's the first of the month currently so save your free reads um, okay <laughs> I don't know if it's plus or not. It might just be it might just be slate. Because
0: <laughs> I try to read the help articles on their advice. Oh yeah, they're like, good. How my my neighbor is fucking my dog. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta know what happened. It's like slate plus. I'm like, are you kidding me?
1: They say ju- the juicy stuff for the premium. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah,
2: it's about uh what do you call it? It's about the the idea of the rapture, the evangelical idea of the rapture.
1: Oh man, you're gonna bring this up now? Oh, I feel like I could talk
2: a whole podcast.
0: You <laughs> talk about the specter coming back. Yeah, that's that's
2: what it's, it's about. The specter, um, and basically how it, um, uh, it it means two things. There, how it means something to the, the the evangelical right, the power structure of that. Yeah. And how it means something very different to you know, like the people I grew up with, the the you know Latino congregation who uh, doesn't have anything knows they don't really have anything to look better for under our capitalist system, right? Mm. Um, that's interesting. I want to read that. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you can soon. I'm 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 real. If it's on Slate Plus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's 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 where I'm at right now. Nice, uh, Daniel. Uh, you can you can find
1: uh some uh Holy West art uh that I've been posting <laughs> on Twitter, Daniel Irazari, uh, just my name, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I'm basically working on that, trying to get it done. Uh, really excited to show people more. Uh, other than that, you can find me right here on uh, Mixflentayo. That's right, and
0: uh, you can follow us on Twitter at flentayo uh no Mex, and then on patreon.com slash mechsflentayo uh of course we really appreciate everybody that donates um we're gonna we're gonna get back on track pretty soon here uh, but thanks for holding with us uh we really really appreciate it and uh take it away philbert i'll do it for
4: a large amount we just remember to-